Bam, we're live. I'm live. No Tony Blower yet. <clears throat> I am lucky. I'm a lucky man. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I am. Good morning, y'all. Yash, Yash, Kyle. Yash, where are you, where are you, where are you from? I know I've asked you that before. Where, where are you listening from? Bruce Wayne, Kyle. Good morning, Mr. Blower. What's up, dude? Mr. Blower, good morning. How are you, man? Good. Is it on the right camera? I I have like uh, enormous um, delusions of grandeur and and aspirations, but why? I don't know because it's fun. But 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 on the other hand, if I just wake up and like take a shit, which is like almost every morning, I'm th- that's like enough for me. Wow! Like, wow! Today's a great day. I did it. I'm ready great. just to go on cruise control the rest of the day, even though like, I'm like, yeah, I want to do all this, this, but I'm just, I'm kind of a simple man too. Yeah. Yeah. Just this, the small things, the small thing. Do you, do you like this? Like, like I, a drawer I, full of clean underwear makes me feel like a king. Like I don't need an army. The, um, did you write this intro? No, I just thought of it just now. It's, it's, um, it's very stream of consciousness. Um, I have one of those. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I like things like that too. Like I can, if I see something just done right, like a yeah. clean, you know, like, uh, like I've been training Jesse to, you know, how to fold my underwear for like 20, 25 years. So recently she got it right. And I appreciate that. I see my, on my underwear drawer is clean. And you're like, yeah. Who's is Jesse your mistress? Who's that? Jesse is well. I have a wife named Jesse, but I do have a mistress named Jesse too. Smooth. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, take note of that. That's some CIA shit. It's you name them the same you name. Call your wife's name out accidentally, and it's the mistress name or the mistress name. You never. You're totally safe. But they'll never watch this show, so we're safe. I was thinking of ways we were we were different this morning. <laughs> What's new, man? How are you? I'm good. I like this overhead camera angle you have. You do? Yeah. It's just a I camera do. sitting on a big monitor up there. Yeah, but it's like it's kind of like uh, it makes you feel like 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 some like famous radio host or something. I am. I'm five years. I'm five years. The world is catching up. I read that in a Patrick Bed David book. You have to like see yourself like five years ahead. Like you have to see yourself five years ahead of where you are, and then the rest of the world is kind of just catching up. Um, there's a, it was in the nineties. I wrote, I, I cannot remember this is this guy's name in the uh, independent filmmaker. He said, if you take your space, the world must make place for you. Oh, is that heavy? Oh, if, if you take your place, the world must make space for you. I read that and it, it really, it had a profound impact on me and, uh, some of the trials and tribulations of developing and growing my business. Yeah, I, I I really 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 like that. That's smoother than the way I said it. No. Yeah. See I, yourself what, saying what, things smoother in the future. Thank you. Good. Yes. <laughs> Applicable everywhere. When I was in the shower this morning, I um, I uh, as I was finishing up and thinking, okay, I'm going to be on the air in 25 minutes with Tony. I turn the water off and I look around and there's no towels hanging in the bathroom anywhere. 
Right. And I don't, and I don't have my own towel. Like I always just use whatever towels there. It's right. usually my kids towels. Cause I have three boys who shower in that bathroom too. So it's usually just one of their leftover. And I was like, I bet you Tony has his own towel. I bet you he doesn't use like just some fucking towel. that's just hanging around. I bet you, you have your own shower probably. I, I have my own shower and my own towel and I have I actually a maiden who bathes me. <laughs> I don't believe that, but you do have your, you do have your own bathroom, right? And you're, I have my own sink. <laughs> uh, well, you have a bathroom. Yeah. I have a bathroom. But just dude, five years from now, you'll have your own bathroom. Yeah. Is that just part of having five-year-olds? Like you just, no, that's just, that's Patrick David Bedard. It's oh, right. Visualize, visualize the bathroom too. How do you, you like your want, Yeti cup? Thank you. This is my so I got the sponsor Paper Street Coffee, and this was the first cup he he ever gave me to advertise the coffee. I was, no, I was in a Yeti store yesterday, but oh, we, can, oh. we can probably I, I saw the Yeti sign on there, and I I, I bought a I should have used it, but I didn't. I brought this for for your show. It's but. perfect. Hey, these cups are so much fucking better than the other insulated cups. The Yetis. Oh, I have other insulated cups. <laughs> Their shit actually is better. Yeah. Keeps yeah, everything yeah. colder and hotter. Do you have any of the sh- shit knockoff cups? Yeah, and and I just bought a bunch yesterday, and I guess we didn't. I didn't. My maiden didn't wash them yet, so you're gonna regret. You bought the Yeti ones or the shit knockoff? Yeti, ones? Yeti, Yeti. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna. Yeah. So I interrupted you. Do you remember what you were saying? I just well then then when I'm done using that with one of their time, I always do this too. I don't I don't know where I was going with it. I don't want, I only have a few notes here, only two pages. So I'm afraid if once I start using my notes, the show's coming to an end. It's, it's, it's right. inert, so I'm just trying to bullshit for a how long is this show? Uh, if you're good, it can go over an hour. If I think you're ass. Okay. Fuck. I watched two of your podcasts that you did the other day. Okay. You, you've been on some podcasts with some lazy motherfuckers. <laughs> they let you talk for an hour and a half. I realize I interrupt people. Because if I don't, I feel like I'm being lazy. Like, like I interrupt people to show you that I'm listening. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I think it's a certain skill. And, um, uh, I mean, you may be interrupting cause you're rude. I mean, you're just in generally, you have no filter. Um, so there's that, but, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of, I mean, I don't know which ones you did and we don't need to mention names and how old they are or, or how, how recent they are. The, um, I just did one with a couple of guys from the UK and uh, it, they really did their homework and it was, it was, it was fun when there was questions and people are listening and uh, it was more of a conversation. And then you realize, Oh, we recorded the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah. When you're, when you're two hour, two and a half hours in and you're like, Holy shit, we've been talking for two and a half hours. It's magical. Yeah. Yeah. Flow state, flow state, flow, flow state. I have something I want to um, show you. Are you on a computer? I am. It's weird when I do podcasts with people on their phone. I almost find it rude. But I'm not big time enough to find it. Or, or like they're in their car driving around. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. I, I see I see where you You made are. a lot of time for me, I see. Yeah, I'm on I the way see. to Starbucks. Let's do the podcast. Yes. Yes. But if they're big time, you just kind of just got to suck it up and um, go. Yeah. So, I, so this isn't Tony Blower's Instagram. I'm going to show you. It's a guy named Ray Cash Share. Cash Care. You say it the way you want. And I'll, I'll use his name, but we can use your pronunciation. Go ahead. And uh, it looks like it's at a seminar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
The video <laughs> quality is not up to my standard, but there's a man standing here on his right who looks pretty buff, and he's going to come across the room where Tony is standing with Michael Chandler, the amazing um, Bellator and now uh, UFC super stud. So Cash is his middle name. It's Ray Care, and he's a he's a former SEAL, retired SEAL. And uh, this is a new specialty course Tony is teaching um, uh, how to be successful with the OnlyFans page. And I wanted to show you. Um, wow. Oh, so, so what is going on here? It's it's a, a break at the end of uh, one of the training sessions. We're, we're at this uh, event called Operation Bra- uh, Black Site. And it's, uh, it was a pretty cool uh, event where uh, people were taught, the attendees were taught CQB and shooting. We had Tim Kennedy teaching that. Uh, uh, me, Michael Chandler, were running uh, combatives, where I was I was taking uh, MMA uh, concepts and applying it for, to the street. We also taught uh, knife defense, gun defense, um, and um, mindset shit. And also, it was a big seminar, like a three-day event. And this is during one of the breaks. Yeah, this is uh, this might be on the last the last day at the end of some stuff, or I don't remember. It was obviously a break. Is Mister Care an attendee? No, no, no. He's one of the instructors. One of the okay. one of the uh, instructors there. Okay, so he's take. You're already on the map, but he decides to come on the map. Yeah. Okay. Because he was he was he was another he was teaching another iteration. And and what is he, he? It's during a break, and he just wants to tussle with Michael a little bit, just for shit and giggles. He's yeah, like a lot of these guys, you know. They wanna they wanna feel stuff. So Ray was there doing the shooting stuff with Tim Kennedy, and so he came on and he, and he wanted to. I guess he wanted to feel what, what's it like to just you know pummel or 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 lock up with Mike Chandler, you know, like a world class MMA guy, you know. So he, he wanted a, to feel something. He wanted to feel he wanted to feel something. Uh and uh, uh and a lot of guys a lot it's it's funny how a lot of guys will do that. They just it's it's just uh it's like a magnet. They're not even thinking like like you even have a chance. The guy's like world class, you're gonna like what are you gonna do? And then it's it's really awkward for because I've seen this happen many times. It's it's awkward for the this athlete because they're playing. They can't right. go hard. It's right. it, it's an interesting dynamic. It's like if you're at someone's house and they got like a sword, a Ming Dynasty store, sword, or <laughs> if, if they're a uh, – you want to pick it up. Or if like you go to Dave's house and like I, I've never touched a gun in my life and he opens it even though I own some. And he opens his safe and I'm just like I just want to touch all the guns and point them at everyone. And he's <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> right? It's kind of like that, right? Except this guy this guy was a SEAL. Yeah, this guy this guy's a SEAL. Uh, a retired seal and and mike of course is a, a current a current badass and he just wanted to he just wanted to fuck around with him you know who's tougher a seal or a white belt <laughs> the seal at the zoo or the like the navy seal i just like comparing apples and oranges is a seal equal to a blue belt mr blower okay here we go so that's tony on the left he's the teacher dude and then next to him is the famous MMA guy. And then on the right, kind of like slithering in. Right. Is the seal. And now Chandler knows something's up. He knows. He's right. He steps, he steps out. 
And are you feeling uncomfortable at this point, Tony? You're like, come on, no, come no, on, no. Ray. No, I mean, I I've seen guys get get fucked up, like not not really really bad, but I've seen guys. So a lot of it, like Mike Chandler's a really really sweet, good good human. Um, there are other guys in, in in boxing and martial arts and MMA that it's not that they're not sweet, but they'll go right away and they'll 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 take you down and mount you and choke you out. And, and Mike's, Mike's not like that. Like he's got a big smile on his face right now and he's trying to dissuade Ray. He doesn't want to do this. He was also um, uh, nursing a, he had a fight coming up and he was rehabbing something and he didn't, he didn't want to fuck around with anybody as well. So there was like some real trepidation, trepidation. Boys are so cool. Have you ever seen women do what we're about to women just don't I, I love these I love these videos. I don't know if you've seen these videos on Instagram of like these macho guys and like this big buff guy will just go over and put his head on another man's lap who's like sitting down eating his lunch in a park. And the man who sets his head on his lap is just like just keeps eating or will feed him some just dudes are just cool. Like real dudes. You know what I mean? Like we just. You ever seen two two women do this like you're up there with like Kayla Harrison and another chick's like, here, let me feel you. Right. It's uh it's it's an interesting thing. I don't know about the examples you gave, but the uh but but I like we just the, have a broad breadth. We like really cool dudes, confident cool dudes have a broad depth of intimacy from like from like hugging other dudes to just tussling with random dudes to like we're just not we're just open. Yeah. Yeah. Intimacy. There's there's a camaraderie we have amongst our penises, our cock and balls that just I just can't explain it that I feel like the rest of the world wants to take away from us. Well, that's happening for sure, right? But uh, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to. Um, I'd like to sit in a session with you and your therapist and just listen to you discuss this intimacy thing with 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 men because we're we're blurring a line here. I, I've never had another man put his head down on my lap while I continue eating uh, <laughs> my, my uh, fucking. Uh, uh, tofu salad i just have a broader de- i have a larger palate than you mr blower <laughs> apparently i have a larger palate and is chandler telling him about his injury now like hey hey no uh, he, he, he's going uh, I, I i think so yeah he's not saying it in those many words because it's it's um uh you don't like to reveal the achilles heel right we just had a friend blow out his Achilles tendon. Did you hear about it? No. Yeah. Who? I shouldn't say on here. I don't okay. know if he wants everyone to know. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Playing basketball. Ooh. Yeah. And you know what? He thought, just like everyone else, he thought that, you know, that, that when your Achilles tendon blows out, you think someone threw something at you or someone kicked you or tripped you. You always a- hear that story, right? Like a runner in baseball is like, oh fuck, the ball hit me, and everyone's like, not nope, your heel, your heel blue, or like this guy thought someone kicked him in the back of the leg Awful. and tripped him. Awful. Yeah. Have you had that injury, Achilles tendon no. blowout? No. Sounds like a bad one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather lose a testicle. No. 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 So then you had none. <laughs> okay, so someone's hat came off. Yeah, uh, I think Ray threw his hat off. Okay, so that's. Or yeah, Michael, getting, I don't remember. Getting serious. <laughs> 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 
And now he's got Ray's arm. Ray was going to try to grab his leg or something. Now, Tony sees something either he likes or he doesn't like. So Tony's now about to insert. I've, I've, is, do you want to know what's going on in my mind there? Please. The um, uh, Ray's going to get snapped down on his face? No, I, I was. I actually got nervous because I didn't know. Um, I didn't know if Ray was going to do something, and I didn't want Mike to get injured. And not that he can't protect himself, right? But I was like, should I like <clears throat> stop? Like, like because he was like, no, come on, man. No. Like, and then and then and then all of a sudden, uh, my heart started to race because there's about I think fifteen or twenty people watching on the left, um, and that changes the energy, right? Well, it, it, I, I knew what I was about to do and I was like, okay, like, I don't know Ray that well. I mean, the guy's like a Navy SEAL, he's an instructor. Uh, we've known each other for, for years, but he calls me coach and he's just, you know, because of my work in the combatives community, but we're not, we haven't hung out a lot yet at this point. So, okay. so what I'm about to demo is a big leap in intimacy as I like to <laughs> see. Right. Uh, now, I want everyone to remember just a few moments ago, Tony Blower said he wouldn't put his head on another man's lap. And, and I just want to let you know that, like, it's OK. That's that's what this show is about. It's about exploring um, uh, going going into the unknown. Um, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, the other day. Uh, so my kids don't go to school because I don't want them to learn anything. And the other day I said a swear word at the house and my kid goes, uh, uh, you know, if you swear, you're not going to go to heaven. I'm like, who told you that? And he's like, so-and-so. And it's some fucking four-year-old kid in his jiu-jitsu class that if you swear, you don't go to heaven. I look right at my kid and I go, I am God. Like, <laughs> that was done. That's it. That's it. He's like, so you go no matter what? I go, no matter what. He goes, wow. That's, That's awesome. Done. All right. All right. Here we go. Make sure you look, get back in position. Get back in the exact same position. So now Tony, Tony saw something he liked or didn't like, and you're here to give instruction, right? You told Michael Chandler to get back in position. Uh, yeah. I wanted Ray to get back into position where he had his head down and, and he was, he was getting ready for a double leg or something. And who's the guy filming over there? Just one of the guys at the, uh, one of the guys, at the, one of the attendees. And this changes all the dynamics now, right? Like, like Ray doesn't want to get slammed on the ground. Chandler probably don't want to get slammed on the ground, right? And, and, and yeah, and and he knows me. You can start to see some of the people moving around because they think I'm about to. Like a, a lot of these guys just went through some serious combatives, some gun disarmed stuff with me, uh, so that they they think I'm about to show some some cool move. And Michael Chandler's commented, "Ha ha ha! I was scared to death." Right. Watch this. Go ahead. Stay in that position. Watch this. <laughs> hey you totally disarmed the situation i that's it's one of the ways it's one of the ways to get out of certain <clears throat> moves is to uh is to ram your cock in somebody i don't know i i show this playing around with my good friend tony blower who i was rattling my head to try to figure out and remember how we met and you think that maybe this is just fun or this is just guys, but here's the fucking point. The other day I saw a video of, uh, of an ethics professor who was fired from Columbia University, Peter Bogosian, on campus at another university. And he was trying to um, talk to people about the definition of men and women. 
and a group of sociologists surrounded him surrounded him in like a violent manner saying that even the discussion of what's the difference between men and women um is offensive and, and triggers people and here's grown men that don't even really fucking know each other who are quote unquote violent by nature that can joke around at the fucking highest fucking level and if you didn't th if you thought for a second that Ray was offended by that or triggered by that, well think twice. This fucking guy put it on his Instagram account to show Tony another man joking around about having anal with them. That people <laughs> Yeah, Tony. <laughs> I little, look look how upset I am. I'm like, "What? We stopped. Um I was it's done. It's such a better life we live, not being yeah. offended. We live such a better life. We are so happy. We're so free. That's what you call egoless. That's what you call respecting humanity. That's what you call respecting the magic. That's like what you call seeing. The, these are just people having connections. This, this is the way some men, this is the way we love on each other. I call Tony and hang up five times and then, I'm, and, then, and then text him, hey, I think something's wrong with your phone when I know it's just me fucking with them. It's just uh, it's, it's me telling him I like him the same way I, I pulled the girl's hair in kindergarten. Leave us alone. Right. Go ahead, Tony. What were you going to say? No, it's a great, it's a great rant. And, and here's an interesting thing is, is uh, when uh, somebody sent that to Ray, obviously I wasn't filming and he wasn't filming somebody, you know, there were like a bunch of people filming, but society is so scared. Right. So somebody sent it to him. Ray actually called me and said, Hey, do you mind if I post that? Common um, courtesy, just common courtesy. Sure. And, yeah. You know, your digital fingerprint online. Do you mind if I post you're like this, you know, uh, alleged macho combatives guy like the like you don't want to see this isn't good for you. I said, fuck, I would love you to post that. You're right. Like, you know, so um, you bring up that was a great rant. What you did there. It's so I, I get I get fucking crazy with the shit going on. It drives. I can't consume it. It's just annoying. Uh, it's it's uh, and it, it, none of it was even planned. I didn't know any, where any of it was going. My talk, but because uh, I just liked the video when I saw the video, I just wanted to show it, and I thought it would be fun to hear you talk about it. But it always just ends up there because that's kind of where I'm at in my headspace right now. I just want I just I, want my I, my boys to be free and you, have the you, space to play like we play. But you you said something that I think the most potent part of that is 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 this this is more fun. The like worrying about offending. You know, and you've got to, and it, and it's funny because we've known each other. I think we met two thousand and six ish or seven when, you know, through. You were probably teaching one of the specialty, like that one hour specialty thing at the end of an L one with Greg or something, like the Sunday morning. I, I was rattling my brain to try to remember how I met you. It, it was, I mean, it was early, early, early on in there, but, um, but I always. And it was one of the reasons I think that uh, you and Jesse, uh, not my mistress, my wife, um, hit it off is like, she's got no filter. You have no filter. You guys just, you, you see stuff and there's no, there's no moment. Like, should I say this? Should I ask this? And uh, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a very, it's a wonderful curiosity. It's not my brain moves too fast. I go, I'm not going to fucking say that. I'll try and figure this out. I'm going to Google this, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, it's fascinating. And and the, the rant, listen back to it. Cause it was, it was, you were in that flow state there and it's uh, you know, we have more fun. 
It's just because there's like there's a freedom to improvise, a freedom to explore. And uh, what happens a- if I don't get offended? Everyone gets offended. So, so, so if I call Tony, let's say in three hours I call Tony. Tony this is mine and Tony's relationship. He would answer. I, I'm in a meeting and then hang up. And some people would be offended by that. I'm flattered by that. Holy fuck! He took two seconds to tell me he's in a meeting and hung up on me. Right. Like, cause that's what I would do to someone I really like someone I, who was like on the B team. I just hang up on. I don't, I don't even answer. Right. It. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just the story. you. It's the story you tell yourself. And we live man with so many people who are so easily offended. I, I, I should have spotted it like five or 10 years ago when I saw these people, it was among the younger CrossFit athletes who were coming up and you know, I was in my thirties then and they were in their twenties and I would see the relationships they have with their girlfriends and the fact that if you don't text someone back in three hours, they get mad. I was like, holy shit. Interesting. It's, a, it's like, imagine having a leash on you. I just, I'm looking at your name at Savan Matosian, and I'm looking at my name, Tony. And I just realized I've moved just, and it must be because I'm on your show and it's that next level. I'm now like at Drake, Madonna, Prince, like no last name anymore. I just I'm just going by my first name from now on. I'm going to uh, I'm going to see if I can fix that. Wow, uh, are you are you yeah you're your shadow band too? Wow. Yeah, I knew you were, but it's it's always it's yeah. always a shock. I try I try to uh, comment on a lot of your posts because I still want to fight your kid, and I can't I can't comment um, on you. What is your um? Man, you don't even pop up in my auto-populate. What is your Instagram? Uh, at Tony Blower, just one word. Yeah, it won't even. Oh shit! And there's a Tony Blower underscore too. Is that yeah. you also? It's a fake account selling oh, it's, crypto. It's yeah, not well, even you. No, they did a pretty good job, eh? Yeah. We wow. Lots of people reporting it. Uh, Instagram doesn't think there's a problem with it. <laughs> They're not violating. They're not violating any any of our terms. That's what that was their answer. Uh, the guy's contacting people through WhatsApp, trying to sell them crypto. My 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 wife's not going to like this story. I apologize. The other day, my wife comes into the into the room, um, and she goes, "Hey, I'm on with um, Amazon support. They said I just bought an iPhone 13." I go, "Oh, give me your phone. I'll fucking kill you if you call." She's like, "I'm like Amazon support's never going to call you." Right. She's like, holy shit. I'm like, what? She's <laughs> like, I get five of these a day and I never fall for one. I go, yeah, it only takes one. Right. Uh, I, I got I got one a couple of years ago that I fell for. This is the Watsonville courthouse. We have a court date set for you. That's the courthouse. That's the courthouse. Yeah, just yeah, you yeah. Know, 20 miles from me. I'm like, no shit. And they're like, yeah, someone's pressing charges on you on a hit and run. And I was like, like we, uh, we, uh, the lawyer's here. And like, and next thing I know, I'm calling out Watsonville courthouse. They're like, dude, you're being punked. That's, that's, but that's subtle. Like that one. Yeah. Or, because, because. And it got my heart going. Why? Of course. Why? Like, why would, why would you think that wasn't real? The other stuff, the other stuff people should know they're getting fished, but, but uh, what a bunch of, like, what type of person are you that just, that's your, I got, I got this idea today. I'm going to start the scam business and fucking scam people. People suck, man. They when they call, I can tell they're in call centers and they're just one of five hundred. Like holy shit, this is a fucking like legit operation. Right, right. 
1985, you started Blower Tactical. Crazy that I got a business name that had my same name last name. It was so fortuitous. Fifteen. That's that's thirty-seven years ago. Yeah. And um, I'm going to take this somewhere, but feel free to stop me anywhere if you want to fill in details along the way. But um, but sort of the premise of this of your of your system is to uh, weaponizing the startle flinch. So yeah. we all have a startle flinch, and and basically, how can you turn that into um, something to protect yourself or or, or get yourself out of a, a bad situation before it ha- before it happens? Yeah, you want me to jump in? And or- and connect uh, and connecting and the and the classes are about connecting fear and aggression. Um, uh, that's the training. Yeah, feel free, jump in. Yes. Well, j- just the just just to put some context around. So your startle flinch is part of our survival reflex. Uh, almost, uh, you know, every, everyone has, unless there's some sort of like injury to your brain or something and you don't relate to fear or the anticipation of danger or fear, uh, you'll flinch. And it could be a spider, a snake, a, a, somebody behind, you know, you're reading and then suddenly you realize. Wow. When you waved your hand like that, this word fuck fear appeared. Yeah. I got the, the lighting. Oh shit. Jesse bought that for me. Wow, do you know that you can't I thought that was something your computer was doing. You had subliminally put that. Because when you lean forward, it just the exposure, so that vanishes. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, certain days genius. Genius. Certain, certain days of the um certain time of the day, the lighting's re- really cool. Yeah, but that's a good gift. You when when she gave you that, you weren't like, that's too strong. Sorry, I can't do that. No. Uh, well, it, it, the, just having the word fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting is so we've got um, I'll get you back on track, by the way, to start a flinch. But, but yeah, I, tell me about I, this fuck thing. And 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 my middle name is Tangent, so oh. I got it too. You know that Tony Tangent Blower, right? The um, um, so I turned from our whole No Fear program. We created a pretty fucking cool acronym for Fuck Fear, and it's face it, understand it, control it, know it. F U C K. You know what an acronym is, Savon, right? I do. I do. Okay, so fuck fear, face it, understand it, control it, know it. And when I launched the no fear uh, uh, workshops several years ago, our first big gig was in New York City and we had uh, no fear shirts, K-N-O-W, uh, not N-O, K-N-O-W, uh, fear and fuck fear shirts. And uh, someone had given the idea, it was Jesse and, 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 uh, she goes, let's print fuck fear shirts. And I was like, yeah. And then I'm like, we can't do that. We can't, I can't print fuck fear and have, and I like, you know, at the time I was like 57, 58 launching another part of the business. That was just uncool. Jesse like has a necklace, you know, that says, you know, fuck you on her necklace. It's tiny. If you lean in, Oh, I love your neck. Oh, it's say it says, fuck you. Right. <laughs> and she's got, you've seen the shirts. You, you know, her, she's, she's the, the female, equivalent of, of you in many ways. Um, and, uh, um, I said to her, we can't do this. She said, she said something like, don't be a pussy. Um, and, and print them. And I was like, Oh fuck. We printed a bunch of them. These are like, I had like, like wall street people at this thing. And like people have been following my system for years. It wasn't just like, like knuckle the fuck fear shirts sold out. Wow. wow. People, people, people wanted, they want that. 
like underneath and they might say, yeah, I can't wear this out or I'm not going to show my, you know, this, but I want to work out. Right. In it. I want to train. Right. In it. I'll, I'll mow the yard in it uh, and I'll get braver and braver. Right. And yeah. Yeah. To wear it. Yeah. I totally, I have but, shirts like that. Yeah. But, but, it, but it was funny where, where she got this, I, I guess I had been, been acclimated a little bit from, from the, uh, uh, you know, the fuck fear shirt. But when I, when I got it, I was like, I loved it, but I was like, can I have that in my office? I went through that. It's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of what you were talking about uh, earlier, but not the censorship and the social justice bullshit is just our own censorship. What, what do I want? What's my, what's my messaging? You know, uh, do we, do we want little kids, you know, um, to see this? And I, I remember, uh, um, Nick, who's 31 now, uh, which is insane to me, my boy. Um, I remember when he was in a car seat of my car, we're driving and he's maybe five or six years old, Savon. And, uh, some guy cuts me off. And before I can say anything in the back, Nick goes, you fucking asshole. <laughs> he's sticking <laughs> So, like here and here I am decades later worrying if if because uh, because I I really I swear a lot I actually had a seminar uh in the 80s had a guy come up to me and he was he was from Europe and heavy accent and I can't do it because it's this is a much cuter story with the accent but he goes uh he says uh I you know you you swear an awful lot you know and I feel like I'm about to get reprimand him and like you know i i don't even know how old i was in the 80s whatever it was you know 30 28 years old uh and i think i'm about to like oh fuck sorry man i'm sorry like and and he goes um he goes um he says not a lot of people swear like you i i rather enjoy it it was like this weird european con you know you like because i don't just i don't just swear i'm if i say listen someone's trying to attack you fucking better defend yourself you yeah. need to it's a choiceless choice but anyways hey that sign is really cool because when you do put your hand out like that it um it no other hand yeah it, it pops up because it changes the exposure back there yeah it's what i yeah it's back cool here, but i'm too far back if I... Y yesterday i was skateboarding with my kids down swift street in santa cruz uh, they were skateboarding and i was walking and we crossed in front of a driveway and as we crossed in front of a driveway a car came um, going the opposite direction and turned in front of my kids mm. and it, it, it wasn't that close, but I wouldn't have made the turn. Right. I would have let right. the kids go. And then um, he, he, I could tell he was lost. And so I gave him kind of a pass, you know, I, and, right. and then uh, another 200 feet down, I see, Oh, he went to the wrong driveway and now he's turning in front of another driveway that's further down the road. And he turns in front of us again. And I, and I'm with my wife and instead of, you know, being a good, wholesome, uh, um, right. and thanking the universe for not hurting my kids. I say, no, I've, I fucking will kick that guy's fucking teeth out. And my fucking five-year-old goes, who's <laughs> I'm like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's ah, in, I wish I wouldn't interesting have said that, it out loud. that switch, right? That, that yeah. Oh, crazy. As a parent. Crazy. Like, Hey dude, you just turned twice with a big steel. Same thing too. If someone's walking in front of you on a crosswalk and they're totally in the clear, it's totally fine. Still don't take your foot off the brake and start coming forward. Right. You're not gaining even a half a second and you've put everyone who's in the crosswalk who, who has situational awareness at unease.
I, I guess sure. the thing is, is just most people have zero. I, do you think this is a fair statement? Most people don't have situational awareness. Um, yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, but it's a blend of, of, uh, um, a complete lack of situational awareness, but also, uh, respect ethics, um, selfishness that, that like, you just like, there's no con like the, the, your statement, I wouldn't have made the turn is, is a combination of situational awareness and courtesy and ethics. Like I hold, I hold doors open for people. And, and, and I remember I've had, I've had this talk a lot where like I'll open a door and someone just briskly walks by me and I'm like, you're welcome. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, but, I, but I, I realized it was, this was kind of deep. Um, for years I would go like, what the fuck is with people? If somebody opens the door for me, I always, I would always say, thank you. Yeah. Um, or you grab it so you can hold it for the next person. That's right. also a thing when they're like, there's 500 people getting off and someone's holding the door. You don't just walk by. It's your turn. Motherfucker. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. the, the, uh, but then I realized I was holding the door because I was raised properly and, and it was, I felt good about it. And then I realized that maybe I'm, you know, going down too deep an introspective rabbit hole, but I realized that when I would get angry, if somebody didn't do it, then why was I holding the door? Was I holding yeah, the door because exactly. I was a good person or was exactly. I doing it to get thanked? For now, a little bit care. of virtue signaling, signaling liberal in you, Tony. I, get I, I, I have even more than I find that very that. offensive and triggering. I bet. Oh shit. I just, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> uh startle startle flinch. We all have it. Right. So you start give me an example. Can you give me an example? Well, like anytime you're surprised, if I jumped through the screen here and you yeah. thought that was real, you know, your hands would fly up and you you, you we've all done we've all done that. You're getting something out of uh, a closet. In your case, it was when you came out of the closet, but this is right. like a you know, yes. you're, you're grabbing something on a shelf and a box falls. You don't you don't like drop on the floor and punch or try to pull guard or your hands come up to protect your head. Someone yells, "Look out!" You're at a golf course. You yep. you you walk into a spider yep. web and you didn't yep. see it. You're like, Ugh. exactly. Um, never do that again. That was so lame. But well, it, I, I was picturing when you said you're at a golf course. I was picturing like when I throw a frisbee at the beach and it goes astray. I always yell, "Heads up!" And right I just and, and I see people do. I see people go like that. I mean, yeah. and then you're right. They protect their head and make their body small. Yeah. So what we figured out, this is like an experimental drill in the eighties where the drill started triggering wicked flinches. We, you know, this hypothesis was we, we train for self-defense, but we do it in a, in a cooperative consensual uh, uh, way where I go, uh, you know, uh, so on let's, let's practice self-defense. You choke me. Uh, no, choke me with your right hand. Okay, I'll do this move. And and it's this, this dance we do. But when I would experience violence, observe violence, or or get feedback, um, I go like nobody ever looks like a martial art when when it's a real fight. Particularly, and I'm not uh, particularly when it's a true surprise with a violent predator versus a, a consensual what I call a douchebag fight, where where you know we both get out of our car and we're like moving around, going fuck you, fuck you, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this drill in the 80s, we ended up calling it the sucker punch drill. Uh, it would just trigger the, the like flinches in, in uh, male, female, 
the two genders who would train with Th- those are actually sexes, by the way. What? Yeah. yeah. Male and female are sexes. Genders is like imaginary shit. Okay. Like me well, and back, you were old school. We probably don't have gender. Back, we just have back sex. Then in the eighties, we didn't. That wasn't. No, because we, we don't ever think about whether we're a man or a woman. When we just pull out our enormous schlongs when we pee, then we right. just say, "Oh, I'm a man." Right. Well, speak anyway. for yourself. Right. I mean, Thank you. I will. Um, when you say enormous. Thank you. Schlong. I will. I will. Okay. The. Um, uh, but anyways, this penis girl- is like the ears and the nose. It just keeps growing too. It's fucking. <laughs> what a marvelous creature. <laughs> so i'm looking at the uh, graphics here it says unfiltered what do you mean by unfiltered okay. oh i never even noticed that uh i don't know yeah will brandstetter made this for me i like it live on yep. youtube dead on yep. spotify and apple why does it say we're dead there i think that was um he probably did this around the whole joe rogan cancel where maybe people were like spotify's woke i don't know uh, California hormones. If you go there and you use the code word Sevon, you get a free doctor's consultation and free blood work. And if you go to Paper Street Coffee, you get ten percent off if you use the word Sevon. Thank you. <laughs> that was the, the the coolest commercial break I've ever had on a show. Only two companies brave enough to sponsor me. Nice, biggest Good. podcast in the space by far. No second place, and yet everyone else got the the whoopee and the and the and the and the noble and the. Actually, you know what I think? I think those those podcasts just get like a pair of shoes. Maybe. And those shoes don't fit my my dwarf feet. Anyway, I have wide feet. Me too. So through the studies, the, the, the men and women, both sexes, were, were being startled. The same yeah, so, so, so start off, Lynch. So a couple of neat things happened in the 80s. There were a bunch of, a bunch of neat things in terms of like kind of my incubator years. And um, so start off, Lynch. And I was like, why would... We'd been doing Wing Chun, boxing, uh, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, all this stuff. Why would, if, if I set up, the, the hypothesis was we were, we were starting self-defense from the physical, knowing what was happening, so there was no element of surprise. There was no fear other than performance anxiety. Am I going to do well in this drill? Um, I didn't have to figure out anything. I didn't have to solve a problem. I just had to, I showed up for class. Why would train people where where I'm highly, I was highly trained. If somebody threw a punch at me at this close range in this scenario, there were times when I'd go, Whoa, shit, where did that come from? And I was fascinated with the fact that all of my muscle memory, which doesn't exist, the neural patterns that I've been developing through studying martial arts were completely hijacked and bypassed. And it was fascinating to me. uh, In, and, you know, I explain it a little bit more, lucidly or elegantly now uh, um but back then i was like what the fuck's that right <laughs> and we we had uh, uh vhs cameras remember the old rca vhs you'd stick that people like half your audience have to google uh vhs but vhs and i would watch it back and i'd go because i was desperately trying to do some wing chun move or some parry or some box and it just wasn't happening and slowly i kind of really leaned into it and then figured out, and now we, we, you know, we have cool language, like we're going to weaponize your startle flinch. Your body, when, a, when there's a sudden violent stimulus, your flinch response 
deploys. Your executive functions hijacked. Your cognitive brain can't access its complex motor skills. And there's micro flinches as your hands look out, you know, Frisbee at the beach. Um, uh, if you see a bomb go off, if you see gunfire go off, you see people, if it's in close proximity, uh, you'll, you'll always see that. Even when people are getting the shit kicked out of them and they're on the ground, they're, they're trying to cover. So your body understands at a primal level, you know, cover your head, protect your head. So we figured out a bunch of really cool drills on how to engage the uh, uh, cross extensor chain and and through cueing a finger splayed outside 90, uh, how to, it's almost like a human airbag salon, where if I flinch, I got all this kinetic energy, I inhale, I'm like, whoa, shit. But if you're, if you can attach a, uh, uh, like an internet, an intellectual understanding of what the neurons trying to do, what the brain, the brain science behind it. So we're basically, we're, we're getting neurobiology to work for us because flinching is non-conscious. You flinch hundreds of times in your life, if not thousands a day. But, But if you think about it in all seriousness, if you think about every time you flinched, yeah. You never thought about flinching. There was never a there was never a fuck that's coming at me really fast. I should cover my head right now. Right, right. It's right? not the definition of the word flinch. Right. If you touch yeah. something hot or electrical and you go and you're here and you go fuck and your hand kicks off of that, there was never a moment where we went, like, I need to get off this now. I need to move. So flinching is this really cool, non-conscious uh, um, uh, movement that's deployed by your reactive brain. And um was it saying make a quick nervous movement as an instinctive reaction to fear, pain, or surprise? Oh, that's cool. I've never even looked up the definition for flinch after all these decades. Um, um, the uh, so, anyways, we figured out how to weaponize that through a whole bunch of really cool uh, uh, Pavlovian style drills. So, but what we're doing is we're not teaching people to flinch. This is a big misunderstanding. A lot of, especially in the martial arts community, people go, "Why the fuck would you want to flinch? You don't want to flinch, but you because it's non-conscious." And right, it by- right. Bypasses executive function. You don't ever go. Wow, that punch is so fast. I should flinch now. Um, like when you eat food, it automatically digests. Just right. to put it in perspective, you're, you're not like, oh, I'm going to digest some food right now. Right. Flinching is the exact same thing. It's 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 automated. Yes. It's just a, it's just most of the shit that's automated is on the inside, and this motherfucker is on the outside. Your heartbeat, your thoughts, your digestion process, your breathing. These are automated, and fl- but we don't really see those. But this one's on the outside. Yeah. And it's completely well, automated. And uh, an interesting thing also. About but you could repro- But what you're saying is you could reprogram it with some detail. Well, what you do is think yin and yang. What we're doing is we're getting our cognitive brain to embrace what our reactive brain is going to do during certain high stress situations. And so what we're doing is we're improving our mind speed in the conversion of the flinch. So there's a, there's a story I often tell. Of, what does uh, that in, in simple words does that mean get used to it no well it it no so so let, let me i throw a tennis ball at my kid really slow really hard and it fucking hits him and he cries yes i'm like oh sorry so then i'm like okay i better be chill so then i start by just handing it to him and then 20 minutes later we've built up and i'm throwing it to him harder than i was the one that right. made him cry 20 minutes earlier and now he's conditioned for it is it right. like that so no so that's that's no. that's adaptation and that's uh-huh. like the emotional psychological and it's just making him a better athlete but there will be times where if you if you say to him um hey what's that and he goes what and you whip it at him and it hits him in his eye or his ears or whatever uh 
because there's a there's a process called stress inoculation and it's a big thing so we do a lot of scenarios where you get in the in your first rep you're like what the fuck's going on your second rep you're like okay am i am i good enough to handle what's going on your third rep and when i say one two three i mean it might be 30 it might be a month or a year depending on what you're doing but your body adapts uh and and you stress inoculate uh to it um and what you know, what you did with your kid was that Pavlovian type conditioning and a stress inoculation. But think back to what the story I told you, like in the eighties with with self defense. If 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 you don't tell your kid this is a training exercise, so you get good at 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 charging the net and 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 you know slamming the ball down somebody's somebody's face or other reflex or whatever. If you never explain it and put it in context, and you don't do the drills you create the PTSD of getting hit by a tennis ball. Right. So, so he cries now he doesn't cry, but if you, but you're starting the drill going, are you ready now? And, and you're, and, and now you're whipping it. So he's getting used to, I've agreed to do this, what we call ACP awareness, consent preparation. If I've got awareness and I, and I consent to the drill, I'm prepared. I still may fuck up, but I'm as prepared as I can be in the moment. So um, a lot of neuroscience, a lot of neurobiology underpinning uh, the whole system. So you, you asked an interesting question. You're not getting used to the flinch. Well, and maybe this is just semantics. You're getting, you're understanding why you flinched and what you need to do immediately. So, so uh, when, when bad shit happens, most people go into some sort of state of denial. A big fear spike will always create doubt. Doubt will always create hesitation. Hesitation creates procrastination. That domino effect there um, doesn't change for anybody, but people who are trained, like, so for example, you're not very good at at uh, uh, weapon handling, right? You've got guns, but or, you don't shoot a lot. Where Dave is great. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. not only not only is he f- former military, he's an active competitive shooter. Right. So if you're at the range, have you ever gone shooting with him? No. Uh, yeah. Once. Twice. Okay. Um, you probably just because of the, the quality of his weapon systems. But it, this is could be, you know, shitty grip. Did you ever have a gun jam? No. His, okay. No. OK. It's so, like Disneyland at his house with guns. Everything's perfect. And right. No, yeah. I know. But you but had you a did, gun jam. Well, you can get a double feeder stovepipe, but a lot of it is not it's not because of his bullets or his ammo. If you got a shitty grip and you're not holding it, the, the weapon system can't cycle properly. But a new person getting a gun jam will go like this and go, if they're they're at the range, the gun jams, and they'll go, Oh my god, what do I do? Like my gun, look at this. The, the, there's a part of a brass casing sticking up here, or look, the the slide isn't closed. And someone will come over and they'll go and they'll they'll do some sort of like malfunction clear. And they'll go, well, you got to fix your grip and, and whatever. Where Dave, if his gun jams, he knows that without even looking at it. He can tell by 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 this by the sound or the feel, and he'll immediately go into uh, a, a, some sort of click. So what the the jam is the the metaphor here is the jam is the flinch. You don't know and control what's going to happen. How fast you clear your fear, clear the uh, convert uh. the flinch gets you back in the fight. So I come at you, you don't know anything about start a flinch and conversion. And I go, wow, and I attack you and you go, fuck, fuck. And you're pushing away danger and you're, you're covering it where somebody who's trained in the system as they're micro flinching, as the body, as they, they, they're so sentient and so, um, 
the, the nuances of physiology and the and the the kinesiology, the biomechanics, you know what this feels like. We've now created this Pavlovian type relationship where the cognitive brain goes, I know what's happening. You need to face the enemy. You need to go finger splayed outside 90. You need to drive. And it's like deploying an organic airbag. You go to hit me and my hands come up and create this, this kind of like, like push away danger effect. Now here, I'm going to tell you two really cool stories. So I'm experimenting with this and, and I'm teaching it every day and I'm getting dialing in and dialing in. And um, I get up one night, middle of the night to go get some water and our, 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 our kitchen's not in our bedroom. I don't know if, if that's the same for you guys. So same, I'm walking. Same. Yeah. So I'm walking out of the bedroom and my daughter, Madison is 25. Now she's like seven years old and you've met Maddie. She's very, she's a small human. Very, so at seven, she's like this big, like weighs of like, you know, freaking whatever a pound. She's tiny. She's got this like clear, clear white porcelain, like skin. Um, and she's got crazy hair. She doesn't blow her hair. It's wild and crazy, like Roger Daltrey, you know, uh, uh, you know, back in the days. Um, she got up at the same time she gets up to come sneak into bed with mom and dad. She's like seven years old. I'm walking through my doorway, rubbing my eyes, adjusting to the light to go to the kitchen. As And our hallway's got carpet in it. As she walks, I don't hear her. She's super small and light. And as I come out of my door and the light's coming in from the hallway window. You drop kicked her. You drop kicked her. You, 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 know, you know those fucking scary porcelain dolls in horror movies? Yes, yes. That's what she looks like through the shadow. Like I look through my peripheral vision and her hair's like this. So I, I, see, a, I see a witch, a combination witch porcelain doll. And I, I'm walking through and I go like this. I'm like, oh, fuck, like micro flinch as soon as I see her. But as soon as I flinch, my hands, my hands go like if you're the, the camera, I'm walking out going, oh, ah! and my hands go out. And she goes, hi, dad, and walks by me and doesn't even react to it. But, <laughs> but, but what, what's, what, what's important about this is I'm the guy that developed the system around weaponizing the start of flinch and have done all the research on it and, and was fully into it and teaching it as a complex motor skill, as a conversion, primal, gross motor, gross motor complex. Here's how you do this. <clears throat> and I still flinched, but what happened as soon as my body started to flinch, the training kicked in and I hit the stance, meaning had she been an attacker, yeah. I was, I was primed and locked and loaded. Um, that's the point of the training. It's not that we want to flinch, uh, um, or, or, the, or, or, but you have no choice uh, but to flinch. It was, uh, it was crazy. And there was another story I was going to tell you that that was that was kind of cool, but I can't believe I forgot what it was. Are your kids still at home with you? Uh, to Nick, Nick lives up in L.A., um, and um, my two girls are still here. Yeah, I was I was in and out till I was thirty four. In and out of the house. How, how old were you when you moved out? Um, I think 19, 20. Were you excited to move out? Um, excited and scared. You know. And you were in Canada. Yeah. And you come straight to the United States? No, no. My, I, I only moved to here in 2008 to Virginia Beach. Oh, uh, that's right. Right? Remember my place in Virginia? Yes. That was badass. 
Yeah, I actually never saw the place. I just saw pictures of it, and I just remember it being badass. Hey, how, um, this uh, this is a little off subject. How did you meet Greg? Greg Glassman. This, this is actually a cool story. Um, so <clears throat> I'm at I'm teaching at a uh, uh, an event called Trexpo. It's a tactile response expo. What year? 2005. Okay. Um, and um. They had they had an event on the East Coast and West Coast. They would call it Trexpo East, Trexpo West. Imagine that. And uh, so I'm teaching at it, and uh, and I'm saying things in my lectures. I go, listen, like you're all badasses. I'm honored and flattered to be here to teach. It's all like SWAT military guys. And uh, but let me tell you this: if a stimulus gets introduced too quickly, your body will start a flinch. That'll affect if you're shooting. Some and you and you shoot and you flinch. You're going to shoot high. The weapon's going to rise because your hands are going to come up. And there's all forensics evidence. I'm doing this whole thing. I said, and I say things like this. I go, you don't know when your next fight is going to be. You don't know if you're going to be attacked by one person or two person. You don't know how long it's going to go. So you can't have a favorite move. You need to flow. You can't, your best move might trigger their best counter and, and you're fucked. So you need to be really good at a bunch of, of things because the bad guy controls the fight. You don't know what's going to come at you and you can't, and this sounds like a lot like Greg's talk on specialists, right? And, 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 uh, you know, uh, constantly varied functional movement performed at high intensity where I would say things like, you know, you, you know, and I would say it way less elegantly than Greg, but the messaging was the same of, of, You've got to be prepared for the all fights are dangerous. The most dangerous fight is the ambush. The ambush will trigger a neurobiological survival reflex that'll bypass your complex motor skills. You need to be able to handle these angles and these movements. If you don't weather the ambush, you can't get to your complex motor skills. And um, someone comes up to me after and says, and I'm like cutting my teeth in in at this point. I'm it's you know, 2004, 2005, and uh you know, imagine, imagine, Savan, you're like you're you're in a band and you're doing cover tunes, but you've got some original shit that you start playing, and someone comes up to you and they go, "Man, like you guys are really tight. You guys are really good. You remind me a lot of." And then they name three other bands. Like when you're trying to make it, nobody wants to hear, you know, "Hey, that was great. That date was great. You remind me of my ex." You know, like you don't. You know yeah. I mean? Yes. Yes. I know. Yes. Right. Yes. So this guy comes up to me and he goes, he goes, man, that lecture was great. You remind me a lot of Greg Glassman. And I go, who's Greg Glassman? And uh, he goes, uh, oh, he's the founder of CrossFit. I said, what the fuck is CrossFit? What a shit name. <laughs> like, <CrossFit. laughs> I literally say this to the guy. Um, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, it's like a, like a, like a, like a fitness thing. I go, well, okay, whatever. Thanks. Hey, thanks for the compliment, man. No, like, I don't mean it in a bad way. Like the guy, like just a lot of this whole surprise and be ready. And, and I said, okay, cool. Thank you. I leave and I'm teaching at Trexpo East now. And somebody there says to me, you remind me of, of Glassman. That's I, crazy too. Although I know the communities are really tight. Car CrossFit was really small then less than a hundred yeah, gyms. But, but, yeah. but remember and, where, and the internet was nothing. So, I mean, I, these have to be people ro running in the same circles. Well, you remember a lot of the uh, initial seeds that got CrossFit going was, was uh, work within military groups, secret Absolutely. service. Okay. Uh, 
you know, the three letter organizations. Yeah. And so um, I'm doing this. And then this is this is the best. This is actually uh, about a 10 minute story, but it's worth it, I think. It's uh, very worth it. Um, the uh, um, so I hear it there and I'm down at Fort Bragg my, on one of my gigs. And I've got one of my assistants. He's a, he's a SWAT team leader from a North Carolina event. I'm at Fort Bragg and I'm at like, like this is the big boys at Fort Bragg. And, and I go in there and I'm walking through and I'm working with this, with this particular unit and, and, uh, um, and I'm being vague for obvious reasons and they're not a unit, but, but they're a unit and I'm walking through the gym and we're about to do, we've got, we've got, uh, training machine guns, my high gear suits. We're about to go do some scenarios. And I walk into the gym and there's a whiteboard there and it says WOD. Remember it's, it's 2005. It says WOD, AMRAP. Uh, and then it's um, uh, uh, 25. What's Cindy? Uh, uh, 15, 10, five or five, 10, 15. Uh, squats, pull-ups, push-ups. Yes, sir. Right doesn't say Cindy, but it says, it says, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, 15, 10, five, you know, uh, you know, pull up shit. And as I walk by, I say, I go, you guys, this is like the, the fucking most badass guys in the army. Right. And I'm like, I go, you guys having trouble doing like uh 15 pull-ups. And then what is it like, you know, and the guy goes, what? I go, what's uh, he goes, no, I go, what's W O D wad. You're going to blow your wad on this. What is this? He goes, oh, it's the workout of the day. I go, um, oh, and it says 20 AMRAP, right? And I go, like, like you guys, like, this, you're doing, your workout is 15 of these. And he says, no, you do it for 20 minutes. I go, what's AMRAP? He says, as many rounds as possible. I go, and you know, like any CrossFit workout on a whiteboard, until you really understand programming in the beginning, like, you go, wow, this looks like it's going to be fun. And then as you begin to understand what's going on, you go, oh, fuck, I wonder if I'm going to survive this, right? You, right, you, right, right, right. I wonder where the wheels come off the bus. Right. And I and, regret um, starting this. So, but I don't know anything, right? And I, and I go, uh, I go, uh, I'm making fun of this. And he goes, no, no, you do it for like 20 minutes and it gets pretty, it gets pretty fucking gnarly. And I go, what the fuck is this? He goes, uh, oh, this is the stuff CrossFit we're, we're, we're testing out, we're doing. I go, CrossFit? Fucking CrossFit again. This guy, Glassman, this is now the third time, like, in, in, in a month and a half. Yeah. So we do you guys. Training. You guys were working off the same grant money. I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but the, uh, um, the, uh, the guy, John, who was the SWAT guy with me, he goes back. And a month later, like I'm checking in, he's one of, he's one of our trainers at the time and, and we're check, he checking in. He goes, Hey, did you ever, did you ever check out CrossFit? So being the open-minded, you know, uh, uh, insatiable learning, curious human I am, I go, no, I didn't fucking check out CrossFit. This still would fucking, I'm not going to check it out. He goes, well, we started doing it with the SWAT team and like we're a month in and we are stronger and faster than we've ever been. Our, everyone loves it. It's un, it's unreal. And I'm like, wow, what am I, one of my team just got converted. Okay. Right. So, right. So I go to, the, I'm on the website now and I start lurking. Now I'm one of the most ripped off self-defense instructors in the world. All, you know, always have been. And, um, uh, um, so I'm on the website. Is that good or is that bad? That's bad. 
Well, it is bad. It's, it's it's bad if you're trying to grow your brand. Remember, I grew it as the internet was like 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 now anybody for ten bucks can look like they you know they they've been around forever and they've got this big business. Right. Um, it, it was bad for me in in that uh, it was just appropriation without without citation or accreditation. I didn't care if people were using it, but they would they would pretend they came up with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and there's a, there's a lot of innovative stuff that we did uh, in there, and it would have been nice. Like you don't, you know, you, you don't start your your show and go. I always like to say that to thine own self be true. And yeah, Shakespeare. No, I I came up with it. like no, just fucking honor the source. Right, um, right. And um, so so I started lurking on the website. And I'm like, I'm seeing like it was back in the days, man. Five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred comments. Remember the old, old shitty website? Yeah, you know, yeah. And um, uh, and and I'm like, holy shit! They're they're printing articles. They're showing they're, the the the, the gifts hadn't even been on there. It was just a picture explanation, uh, and but they're giving away the programming. And I was fascinated as a CEO of a company going, how is this company growing? And I'm watching the community go, this guy's ripping you guys off. And this guy's like, they're, they're doing this. And I'm like, I'm fascinated with it. And I watch it for about a month. And, um, and then I go, holy shit, Trespo East, Trespo West, Fort Bragg. I'm going to call this guy. So uh, I find a message, I find an email and I email, you know, Grant. Do you remember what it said on the website back then too? Like basically like, here's our email. Don't fucking email us. Everything you need to know about us is on the website. Do you remember that shit under there? I, I don't offhand, but, but I didn't care if it did right. say that. Right, right. Um, Neither did I. I contacted him anyway, but I just remember how it's just like. Leave us alone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Uh, Sevon is behaving because he's afraid to get choked out. Only partially true. Ah, Interesting. I like it. It's really here. Uh, and uh, are we live? Oh, we are live. That's we, are, fantastic. we are. We are live. I dig that. Hey, um, I watched it. I watched a commercial the other day. Uh, I was watching the UFC and there's a commercial to exterminate bugs. And ev- in the commercial, there's a spider that falls out of the TV. And every time it did that, I had a little bit. I, I felt I, I didn't like not that big, but but inside I felt it. It was such a great graphic. It was and, so and, smart. That's an interesting thing because when you were talking about the startle flinch earlier, yeah. and how you know you'd see like uh, like any time you see that you see the hands come up. It, it, the, the flinching is a micro contraction, and um, and so if your ass gets tighter and you hold your breath, I call that a flinch too, right? So if you walk into a room and something horrible has happened already, and you go, holy fuck, and you stop. So anything that derails your tactical imperative is a flinch. It just, it just popped in my head when you when you, you talked about, like, flinching doesn't always look like hands up, cover your head. By the way, you said something that was fucking brilliant here, and we'll get back on track about meeting Greg. Stimulus is, stimulus introduced too quickly. Yes. That's a fuck, that, that's a great definition. That, that's like that, a great explanation of what a flinch is. Dude, when stimulus that, is introduced that line too quickly. Is from 1988. That line is from 1988, my first uh, go at a PowerPoint. Because um, I started having like like cops and teams contacting us and they would say, hey, could you send a POI? And I go like, what's a POI? And I'd like, you know, the the program of instruction. Could you like an outline? And what's, what, what are the deliverables? And I'm like, what? And I had to write up shit. Uh, uh, and the hypothesis was a, a, if, if you're a boxer 
you, you don't really see boxers flinch the way we talk about like this because of the a, the ACP awareness consent preparation. But if the boxer was eating a burger or signing an autograph and somebody punched them, you know, their, their hands would react. I've got this amazing, maybe we can pull it up. Oh, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and pull this up and, and share this. You screen. can, you can text me a link and I can pull up too. Hey, t- Tony. So there's this thing that I've done with my life ever since uh, I had my awakening in my twenties yep. to not to, to every opportunity that something happens that other people would react to. I don't. So I, if I'm standing in line at the DMV and my cell phone slips out of my hands and it's my old Nokia and all the pieces go flying everywhere. Most people be like, Oh my God. Or, Oh, or, oh. and I just that cool. I'll just be like, Look, the look at my wrist, wipe my hand, maybe pick up a couple pieces. Or if like a bird shits on me and like I'm somewhere eating for dinner, like I, I've trained myself to, to not, not react, react. To, to be just fucking the coolest dude ever to, to be the crazier. The shit happens to be present in the situation. Yeah. Just to be like, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to be cool. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. It's um, like, uh, I don't want to be like everyone else. I don't want to be like, uh, uh, it's some guy stole my uh, sister's camera one time and I chased him down and, uh, and, 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 and he was like clearly a homeless guy and he was all fucked up and everyone, you know, everyone thought it was going to be like this fight. And instead I'm like, Hey dude, get the camera back. And then I just sat there and talked to him for five or 10 minutes and explained to him why it's not cool. Got on the level with him. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. I'm, uh, I was getting a, uh, I was trying to find this, this photo of Ali flinching and I can't right now. God damn it. Why isn't it here? Um, I got this, this uh, video of Ali on a talk show where, and this is a great example where this uh, comedian throws a jab at Ali in the middle of a story. And uh, Ali's leaning in, listening to the story. And this, and this guy goes, and he goes, and then Muhammad, and Ali goes, yeah. He goes, whack, and he throws a punch right at him, Savan. And Ali literally goes like this, like hands up, mouth open. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll find the picture and and. Uh, I, I just looked for oh, so he okay because I typed in Muhammad Ali flinch and I didn't get yeah. that. Uh, the uh, kind of annoying that I don't have it here, because um, I've got it. Um, oh, here's another one: fantastic fighter, champion of civil rights. Wasn't perfect in this clip. He is throwing. Let's see if I found it. The uh, um, how do I get this? Anyways, uh, let me finish the Greg story. It's going on too long, but it's so it's so cool. I emailed. Oh, Greg. it's a great story. Don't worry. I, I, I email Greg. Uh, hey, uh, Greg, hey, it's it seems we're you know uh, we've got a lot of mutual friends in the industry. I got a bunch of questions for you, and uh, I I don't, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just I, there was something that said I got to meet this guy. And um, I email him, no answer. And I'm like the type of guy, you know me, how responsive I am. I'm, I'm like like that person you make, you make fun of with the text. Like I get an email, you know. You're high maintenance, you're high maintenance friend. I'm, but I'm like, like. But hey, you're really not. Well, we have, an, we have an SOP like in my company. If we're too busy to answer, Excuse like, me. Like, 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 like our, our inside people, I go, you, you have a can response that says, Hey, we're super busy. Sorry. We can't answer you right now, but you're, you know, we'll get back to you. I go, you're never too busy to let somebody know a client. Like we're really big on, on customer service and caring about people. And, um, I hate canned responses. 
Well, when I say can response, meaning you, you, I hate them too, but there's like, this is, this is the template. And then you would go, dear Savannah, we're in the middle. You right. Right. Opening sentence, but this is our like, Hey, we're too busy. You know, uh, please give us 48 hours or a week or whatever it is. Um, so I email Greg, no answer. A couple of days go by. I go, I email him again. Hey, I don't know if you missed this, but cause I'm used to people like, like CEO to CEO fucking answer me. Um, I think I sent six emails over like a few weeks and I'm getting pissed. So my last email was something to the effect of, Hey, I'm beginning to feel like a stalker and an asshole. If you're not interested in talking to me, just answer me, say, Hey, not interested. I might've even wrote, go fuck yourself or something like, uh, not, not to me, but like, tell me to fuck off. Like just, right, right. you know, um, and, uh, he doesn't answer that. And I'm driving to go teach. I was teaching a seminar in Las Vegas and the phone rings and I'd left my phone number, obviously in the email, the phone rings and it's, and it's, it's Greg, but I don't know it. Like it's not in my, he's not in my, my, address, right. So phone rings. I go, yeah. Hello. He goes, T. Oh, right? awesome. Right. Awesome. He calls me yeah, T yeah, right away. Yeah. We've never spoken T. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's what he calls me. I go, yeah, hi, who is this? He goes, Greg Glassman. I'm like, no shit. He goes, what's up? It was just like, start, literally just starts talking like we've been friends for 20 years and we're just catching up. And uh, uh, he says, yeah, I, uh, he doesn't even say like, sorry, I didn't answer those six emails or <laughs> just, just starts talking. And he goes, listen, and this is the craziest thing. He goes, um, uh, I've been, hearing about you too from uh you know a, a bunch of his friends i'm gonna mention names on here because i think some of them are still active duty and stuff like that but but you know uh from so and so and so and so and uh we got to get together and i'm like okay cool and uh he says listen why don't you come to santa cruz and do a crossfit seminar and I was like, oh, I'd love to. So he invited Jesse and I uh, went up there and uh, I think it was the last gig that he taught at. Oh, then I, I'm sure I met you there. That's yeah. probably 2006 or seven. Yeah. Dave was still in. Yes. Uh, Nicole was that was in Scott? There. Was that at the Scott's Valley gym or was that, that his was, gym? That was Scott's at Scott, Valley gym. Scott's Valley. And there was a boxing uh, ring in there or something too. Nope. Well, no. maybe, maybe was there a little ring? No, it was. Gym was, was, that? was that Brendan Gillian's gym? No, no, it was it, it was the HQ gym. It was the uh on Soquel. Okay, 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 it was, okay. It was the the last gig. Uh Nicole, Nicole was there. Uh uh Budding Bergner. Yeah. Hackleman came by and yeah. talked. It was like it was a it was a big it was a big freaking deal. Um and um Do you no, remember if Hackleman was there with Glover when Glover was just a kid? Remember I, he would I, he would I bring Glover around? Okay. I don't, I don't remember that, but it was, um, it was pretty badass. And so, uh, uh, me, Jess, Greg, uh, Lauren, we went out to dinner and he described to me everything CrossFit. We went to dinner. He said, it's going to grow into this massive brand. Uh, like he described everything we were at. What's that? There was that one really good restaurant. Cafe Cruise. Cafe Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. So good. We ate there. And um, it's the only fucking it's restaurant. The only restaurant. There, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if you want, if only you know, fancy, really schmancy, iron, even yeah, though it's not that schmancy. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've been we got we've been close ever since ever since that. You know, I, I was, as you were telling the story, I was thinking, 
I'm very close to both Dave and Greg, and I I don't know if there's another person who is besides you. Hmm. Interesting. I can't think of one. Weird, I can't eh? think of one. Uh, I, I mean, I think that if when we got off the show, that if, if we're, we're the two people, if we called Dave or Greg, they would pick up uh, immediately. And you li- ended up living, um, you and Dave and Greg ended up living pretty close to each other right. in San Diego. And then when I lived with Greg during those years, that's when we started, our friendship really grew. Yeah. That was crazy when everyone, yeah. And I, um, yeah, what that I, was in San Diego, California. Everyone, for those of you who don't know where that is, it's just north of uh, where the the border where Mexico and the United States uh, meet, and it's a it's a great town. I guess it's California's answer to Miami. It's <coughs> it's a really really cool place. You're still down there, right? Yeah, yeah. North if, County, Encinitas. If if there's one place you could live anywhere and raise a family, it might be anywhere on planet Earth. It might be there, and the reason why is, is it has fantastic weather, and then everything is there. So if you wanted the world's greatest violin teacher for your kids, you could find it. If you wanted the world's greatest baseball coach, you could find it. You're, and, and by that, by world's greatest, I mean I know that there's a thousand of the world's greatest, but it has everything down there: jujitsu, physics, um, uh, biology. I mean it, it, the schools. The I mean it's just a beautiful. Uh, North County, San Diego is just, it's like, it's, it's like almost perfect. It's uh, it's pretty amazing here. And it's, and it's weird with when the last couple of years um, with all the craziness going on, you know, there are a couple of times like me being, you know, very involved in the uh, personal professional security and all of that, you start thinking, fuck, like this is a shit show. And a lot of my friends are moving Texas, Montana, you know, like, like places, Florida, you know, Tennessee. Yeah. And, um, I said to Jess, I said, Hey, do you want to move? You know, she goes, we're not fucking moving. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, hopefully the pendulum will swing because it, because it is, you know, I wanted my whole life, some background on that is, is, is growing up in Canada, the East coast. Um, all, all I wanted to do was live in California. I don't know why I grew up, you know, just, you know, through the sixties watching every, every TV show, Batman and Robin, the wild, wild West, uh, um, all this stuff. And, and so, you know, back in the days, you know, kids didn't have iPads, they had TVs and, and, uh, there was just something about California. And when I first got here, I was 13 going to Disneyland with my dad. Uh, as soon as I got off the airplane at 13, I like went, took a deep breath of the air, looked at some palm trees and said, this is where I'm living. You know, I, I, uh, I, I personally live in Woketopia and uh, this past weekend, Miranda Alcarez and Julian Alcarez, the founders of the hugely successful street parking had a huge party at Dave's ranch uh, in God, man, Miranda and Julian are so impressive. But, but uh, while I was there, I, I met a bunch of people and they're like from all over the world who came for that party and they were like, Oh shit. And they're like, what? And like, I always wondered why you stayed. Now I get mm-hmm. it. I mean, mm-hmm. Calif- you really can't, you know, you re- you really can't explain this place. And for all the people all over the world, especially if you're outside the United States, you can't even imagine it. That's the weird thing. I get in these arguments with people in the DMS, you know, they're telling me how great it is in Denmark or the Netherlands or all of these, you know, these, these countries that, you know, I guess think that they have their shit together. I'm like, you are a country of 16 
thousand square miles. I'm a country of 3.2 million square miles, and I live on this fucking piece of land that sits on the Pacific Ocean. Where it, the freedom here, you can't even you can't even fathom it. And, and I've spent a lot of time in those countries. And sure. we also have the East Coast, which is weird. It's more like Europe. You know the way the freeways are and yeah. the toll roads. It just doesn't feel free like the West. Yeah, the, the East Coast does. And uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a really hard place. Um, I, I don't think it's lost, by the way, not even close. I think I think that we're going to um, spin around. I sure I sure hope so. But I agree with you with the, uh, y- y- you know, I've, I've got, you know, friends who who uh, um, live here. They get asked the question here. Are you moving doing that? No. You know, what about this? What about this? Or just no. You, you've got you've got to dig in and 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 fight for for whatever you fight for at a spiritual level, emotional, psychological, physical, or, or even in, in get into politics at the local level. Uh, but in terms of when, when I've been traveled around the world as well, just like you. So some people might think it's arrogant to go, well, California is the best or America is the best, but you know, you've traveled literally, you know, way more than I have. And I've been all over the world, you can see, and, and every every country has a cool little area. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. But there's, like California, you, you can, and just in terms of activity, air, you can go, you can go hiking, you can go skiing, you can go skiing. Yeah, you and I could go skiing and surfing in the same day, in, in no same problem. Day. No yeah. problem. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and and then access to, to the world-class stuff like that. But, I mean, those are all, like, kind of, like, first world, you know, hypotheticals you know for for people but i i'm with you on that man i dig it here uh the i yeah i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna go back to this other thing i was thinking about how many doors we've opened just but in that conversation you you said a line my integrity is never for sale this is tying back to you running a business you said my integrity is never for sale i didn't really know what the word integrity meant until my wife and dave kind of schooled me on it over the last 10 years of my life and for me that i I could look up the exact definition of integrity but for me integrity means just being honest and when i mean honest I mean, honest about everything. You call me and we have a date to go. Um, our, our families have a date to go see a play or a, a, an orchestra. And I just end up calling you. Hey, you know what? I just want to stay home and drink tonight. I don't tell you one of my kids is sick. Right. Like I just fucking tell you. Right. Honesty on that level. And that's what integrity, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. Uh, it's, 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 it's doing the right thing. It's pulling into a parking spot. And even though the guy got there, you got there before the guy, you can tell he's got a car full of five kids. You make the quick assessment and you're like, and you, and you back out and you're like, have a good day, brother. You know, just, just always kind of trying to do the right thing. Uh, even small, tiny things. Yeah. Don't, don't ignore trash that blows by you. Just grab it and throw it. Yeah. I, it's not I, a big deal. Yeah. How do you run a business with integrity in a time when the entire fucking, not the entire world, I think the most of the world is looking for people with integrity, but we had a wave of psychosis come through here that I think is waning that was like, hey, if you had integrity, you would be punished financially. Yeah. How did you survive that? Because I I think when, when you operate, and if that's too vague, I can give you some examples, no. but you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, like if you, if you operate from a place of integrity, you never, you don't deviate. Um, so, so even for money though, 
Yeah. Even and and I don't mean like money to like I mean money to put food on your table. <clears throat> I mean it shit was getting weird here for a year or so. Yeah, no, it was uh you know I almost I actually almost lost everything when two weeks to flatten the curve became several months and and I canceled 35 courses and most of my courses are contract and and like big law enforcement military and nobody was training and then nobody had money and then it was defund the police and I was like you know, for it was scary, man. There was a, there was a day there where I thought somebody had shoved a vacuum up my ass and was sucking out my insides, and uh, like it felt that bad. Just your life? Oh, no, no. I, I was like, like literally in my in my office with my head on my hands, like like this, going, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna lose everything. I will not be able to take care of my 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 family because my business were a boutique, were word of mouth, and. Uh, and, the, you know, we got three verticals in, in the company, our scenario uh, training and our equipment, uh, the whole spear system for law enforcement and military. Uh, and uh, uh, what's the third one? What's the third the, one? The third one is our, our PDR program, our, our, our how to train, how to teach our approach to behaviorally based self-defense to martial arts instructors and self-defense instructors. And, uh, like all of that stopped, like and everyone's afraid, everyone's wearing masks. And, but even my audience was, they were all like deployed, right? Nobody's doing any training, you know? And then it was, again, the next era of defund the police. You're absolutely not doing any training. And, and it turned out that many of these um, agencies leadership was compromised. They were woke. They were, they were political. Um, but this starts, this starts back. Like I didn't, I didn't, uh, um, Hey, were they woke or did they just lack integrity? That's what I noticed. All I noticed all so many people around me just didn't have integrity. Yes. yes. That's a, that's a great observation. I think so. You know, have you, have and you, it's scary. It's scary. I'm not hating on them by the way. I know it sounds like I am. I kind of am, but it's scary because you have, like you said, you have to put, you have to feed your family. The, and that's, that's the, uh, um, have you watched, uh, any of the, um, what's his name? The KGB uh, interviews. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so like, like, I forget like, the guy's name too, but fascinating. The, you mean like the, he said he was predicted this to the T 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the, but, the he's T, like, yeah. but but you can see that it's been in all these people from, from Trudeau to build back better to, you know, they're all, all speaking points and all the Yuri something or other. Um, yes, yes. But uh, Good job. Uh, yeah. So, Yuri Bezmenov. I yeah. cheated. I yeah. cheated. That's, no, no, that's that's not cheating. It's good. I'm driving me crazy. Listen, I can remember in in when I was a teenager, I worked in uh, some restaurants and uh, uh, did you know did other things, just trying to make make some money. And and I uh, I remember once getting a um, maybe I was 17, 18 years old, out you know driving with some friends and some late night diner and the the waitress had forgotten to charge us for like like a pudding dessert you know that was a dollar or 75 cents at the time or whatever and uh and i was looking at the bill and i noticed that and there's a moment where you go oh you know okay wow i don't have to pay and then it was like no you have to pay and then it was like 
excuse me, yes, is there a problem with the bill? Yeah, you forgot to charge me for something. I mean, that's always how I've been. Like it was, if it was a penny, if it was, if, you know, um, that's just that, that's like, to me, that's a part of integrity too. It's just, you, you, you know what the right thing is. And I've never, I've never deviated in the times that I've, I've maybe, and I'm just saying this because I don't have specifics where, where maybe I said, well, maybe I'll tell myself a white lie. I'll, 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 I'll do this. It, it consumed me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to fix it. Um, it was always about doing the right thing and uh, yeah, integrity. But my, 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 go ahead. No, no. My, my, my friend who's a, a, a Santa Cruz cop, uh, Santa Cruz uh, County Sheriff, uh, stops a kid stealing two bottles of vodka from the store the other day. Kid says, hey, it's no big deal. This is a big corporation. It's just a few pennies to them. Huh. And I, and, I, and I say this to a lot of people with all the arrogance I can muster, zero humility. I say this with coming from pure self-confidence, pride, and arrogance. I say this to you. No matter how much you don't like me, no matter how much you don't like me or the things I say, if you had to leave your kids with someone, you would leave them with fucking me. And I'm going to explain to you why. Hi, Jesse. This kid who said it's only a few pennies to this corporation, if every – would you want someone like – everyone to think like that? Mm. What would society – what would happen to society if everyone thought like that? Or do you want someone who says, yeah, it's only a few pennies and we all have to do our part? If you think like that kid, Elon Musk has all the money and can pay more taxes and the more taxes than anyone else. Take it from him. it's only a few pennies you can steal from the corporations. If everyone thinks like that, we collapse as a fucking society. Hundred percent. If everyone thinks, "Hey, man, you can't steal. Let's all do our part. Every penny counts." We flourish as a society. So let's say we live in this world of just dichotomy. You may not like my stance on abortion. You might not like my stance on racism. You may not like my – but at the end of the day, your kids do better with me than with the person that's like goes out and buys all the pink dresses for their boys. They do. They just do. And so but run, use – don't let your emotion cause this cognitive dissonance in you where you're not thinking straight or you can make these fucking ridiculous exceptions like, hey, it's just a couple fucking pennies. Put it start start contextualizing it and using relativity and using situational awareness. Use use this massive brain you have to be like, how would the world be if everyone thought like that? We can't have that. So Savan, where does where how does how does all of that happen? So the one thing that all these kids who would say something as idiotic as that. Yeah. I would have said I would have said that too. Guilty. Well, but but so there's only two places that you learn that. One is your fucking woke schools. Yeah, which or, is where I went. Yeah, which you, is where I went. Right. Or or your bullshit parents. So when I yep. Yep. when I raised and, and fake compassion, fake kindness, those are not compassion and kindness. But but here's an interesting fake. thing to think about is yeah. is all of those people that have that, yeah, they all they all have uh I mean it's it's more than these two, but but it starts with these two. They have fucked up parents or fucked up educators. Yeah. Because if you were fed the right way to think, and as I just wrote this in, in yesterday's newsletter, that you know, th- the right way to think is always the right way. 
it's just often the hardest choice to make because we're just so fucking distracted in the eighties when, um, or just give people the tools on how to think critical thinking is just keep defining words. Like we had, we look up the word flinch, right? Like just keep looking up what words mean. People want to keep asking me, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. But this, like, this goes back to like, like to me, the deeper is, is a cool quote. When, when my son was born, I got custody of him, like literally at like a month old. And, and that was a big, heavy, hard decision. And I got custody of him and I didn't know what I was doing. And I started studying and reading and I found another one of those around this, the, the, the same decade that I shared that quote at the beginning. If you take your space in the world, the world will make place for you. Um, I found a quote in, in a book while I'm trying to figure out how to be a good dad, how to parent was uh, some therapist said when he's working with kids, he says, I always like to meet the parents. It helps me forgive the children. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So like when you talk about all of this, like when you say, why don't people just like learn, like look up words, learn, well, who's going to, who teaches a kid who doesn't understand learning how to learn. So it's, it's that it's, it's some guardian. It's some, you know, and it, it's like you teaching your boys, everything they're exposed to. It's, it's, I've said this to Jess. I, I, I'm so interested to see what your boys end up doing as they get older because they've been exposed to, I, I think I joked with you a couple of times in the past, like, you know, would you adopt me? Like, I wish, you know, my dad's not here right now, but, he didn't do a fucking hundredth of the stuff that you're doing, you know, with, with your kids. Uh, he was probably working his ass off though, to put food on the table the only way he knew how, right? Like my parents. Yeah. Yeah. For a hundred percent. I mean, uh, it's, it's, uh, but it's a choice, right? It's, it's that, it's that in integrity, you make that choice. I've had, I've had, Lots of times where I could have and should have spent more time with the kids, but was working on other stuff. And, you know, you, you, you somehow you pay the price for that in either relationship or guilt or, or what have you. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we. The- Greg Glass, Greg just text, te- called me a second ago and I told him I was on a podcast with you. And this is what he texted me, by the way, about you. Um, I hold Tony and Tony Blauer in the highest regards. Uh, he was introduced to me by the best operators I met in a couple of decades. He was supporting for fighting men around the world. He was support for fighting men around the world. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to give you no. a handy just here. No, no. Just, just out of nowhere. It's, it's, just nice, it's nice to hear. You know what, man? I, I get, I don't even think about it. So I'm 62 and I've been teaching for 43 years since 1979, 1980. And, uh, yeah. And, I don't even think about it. I was, I was out in Perth a few years ago and taking an Uber back to the hotel. And, and, the, and the, this driver says to me, so what do you do? And I'm leaving like this tier Wait, one. Perth is South Africa. Perth, Australia. Australia. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. There's probably a Perth in Africa. I don't know. So um, the, uh, and the guy says, he, so this is a particular gate at, at this army base and everyone knows like who's there and what it is. So he picks me up there 
And he goes, uh, hey, uh, you know, when he hears my my non-Australian accent, he goes, hey, what do you do? And I go, well, if I tell you, i got to kill you. You know, you just pick me up, right? So we laugh. <laughs> we laugh. And I go, but I don't want to kill you because you're driving and i got to get to the hotel. So I'll tell you when you drop me off and then I'll kill you. And we're, jo- we're joking around. And uh, he goes, so, you know, so what, you know, what do you do? I said, well, I, I, I teach uh, hand-to-hand combatives. And he goes, oh. Uh, he says, you must be good if, if they brought you overseas. I said, well, that's the rumor. And he goes, how long you been doing that? And, uh, at the time I go, I guess, uh, I guess 39, 40 years. And he said, you've been doing that for 40 years. I go, yeah. He says, you never had another job. I go, no. He goes, most people don't have one job for 40 years. And it was, it was, I'd never even thought about that. It blew my mind. We had the most amazing conversation. Uh, but I knew in the seventies when I discovered martial arts and Bruce Lee and training, uh, I was 15 years old. I'm sitting on the floor doing the splits, looking at Bruce Lee magazine or working on the splits. And my mom comes up to me and says, Hey, have you thought about what you're going to, focus on in school, you know, are you going to be a lawyer, a doctor, an astronaut, the veterinarian? What are the, there were only like four or five professions back in the seventies. And, uh, and I looked up and I said, mom, school is not going to be a big uh, part of my life. I'm going to be a famous martial artist like Bruce Lee and teach. You guys have to understand that when we were kids, I I don't know if it's like this now because my kids, like I hold school with zero value now, but Uh, um, there were no cell phones. There were no internet. You couldn't look up E equals MC squared. You couldn't like, like today you could perform heart surgery on a fucking rare breed of horse from Iceland with a year's worth of study on the internet. Maybe, maybe a week's worth of study on the internet. Like it's all available to you. There was nothing available to us when Tony said his mom probably fucking wanted to kill herself and thought, what have I done wrong? It's the worst thing you could have ever said to your parents. I'm not going to school. Worst. Right. Worst. And and it it was, it was like telling him you want to get a transition. Sorry. Couldn't resist. resist. (laughs) The, uh, the, um, it was, it was interesting. I never even thought about that, but, uh, by the way, I accept the transition, just not from a 12 year old. Right. Wait till you're 32. When I asked my mom if I could get a nose job, she said, yeah, in your 20s, I'll pay for it. I asked her when I was 15. Same thing. Your kid asks you if you can have his penis removed. You say, yeah, no problem. Let, let everything develop fully first into a healthy human being. And then at 20, once you're kind of established in your 20s, we'll fucking get that cock chopped right off. Give you a vagina. Start doing it to them when they're 12. You're a fucking savage. You should be putting a rocket and shot to Pluto. I used to say I want to kill those people. My wife doesn't let me say that. So now you just get in a rocket and go to Pluto. Yeah. Hurting kids is unacceptable. Okay, sorry. So you tell your oh. mom, 1972, hey, I'm not going to school. Yeah. Martial, martial arts. Yeah. And she's like, she literally pat me on the head and said, okay, dear, we'll talk about this when you're older. Yes. Yes. If your son asks for a motorcycle, you say, absolutely. Just give me a few years. I'm going to save for it. Not yes, not no. You kick that motherfucker down the road. You let this kid process. Don't get no. When you stand up against evil, sometimes you just make it bigger or things you don't mm-hmm. like. It just gets bigger. Just mm-hmm. chill. Twelve. Tony was jumped for the first time at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. That was the same year I was born. 1972. 
Nice. <laughs> it's coming out of my mom's vagina. You were getting fucking wow. punched in the face. Wow. What does the unfiltered mean on that says on here? When does it mean you'll say things like without? No, a it means I drink lake water. Okay. <laughs> uh. I was. Um, I, I've talked. I've, I think I've had Tony on the CrossFit podcast once. I think I've had him on this podcast once. This is the third time. I think I brought this up every show, but it is probably one of the most impactful things that Tony said to me, even though I can't remember. So I'm going <laughs> to help him help him say it to me again. When I was a young man, I wasn't driving yet, and I think my sister was 16 and I was 12, and we were at a drive through at Wendy's, and she accidentally hit the horn, and a guy got out of the car in front of us, and he was like a 45-year-old man, um, and he started spitting on the car and screaming at us, and this went on for like five or ten minutes, and I just felt horrible that I couldn't get out of the car and do something to him. And I was telling Tony the story one time, and he – I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you said something about when you have altercations or interactions with people like that, it's important that you come out emotionally, emotionally intact. Like mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly how you said it. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it right, but basically it doesn't matter whether you win or lose the fight. You want to leave knowing that you did the right thing. Kind of, do, do right. you remember what you told me? It really rocked me like for 10 or 15 years Wow! after that happened till I was in my twenties, you know, yeah. I just felt like I let my sister down. Yeah. And I didn't, my sister didn't give a shit. My sister could beat me up then. <laughs> she probably still can't beat me up. But it's, nobody, I mean, you felt oppressed and you felt weak and you felt and it. And it's weird. It's, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 oppressive and that's why anybody who like that, i don't want to get jumped ever and not know that i did the right like you, earlier when you were saying starting you're saying people cover up and when you watch that sometimes you're like dude get up and run like there's three dudes jumping a guy and he's covered up on the ground i'll be like dude get up and run but but yeah. they, but you don't and then that haunts you right well it's it's you know it's it's a weird thing so also in the 80s is when I started doing scenarios as opposed to uh, um, <laughs> Bruce Wayne said on that's the worst nose job ever. Ask for your money back. Okay. Asshole. The, uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> the, um, uh, the, 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 in the, in the eighties, we started doing the scenario. So one of my, you know, students gets jumped and I realized in this moment, everything I taught him didn't work. And I, and I was, I was fucking furious. I was, I, I make the joke that, that, that his loss hit me harder than the punch that dropped him. Is I, this, I, the, is this the Mitch kid? Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and I was like, I was like, I'm, I trained this guy. How is it that he didn't even do one thing that I taught? And I realized what I was teaching him was how to spar, not how to defend himself in a street fight. And and so we started doing scenarios, and we got really big in and that and the the immersion into isn't scenarios. that cool that you looked at yourself? You didn't blame him, right? You looked at yourself, and I, I was I was I was twenty, man. It was like I, I I tell people it was like the god of self defense hit me with a lightning bolt. It was literally life changing. Well, it 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 really you know before uh, there were Kickstarter programs. That's what kickstarted my my system was. Because uh, I was teaching boxing and taekwondo and wrestling at the time, like a like a like a, a blend of of mixed martial art, if you will, and um, but what I realized 
in that moment was real violent encounters don't happen inside a ring or on a, on a, on a mat. And, and that when you're in that situation, there's overwhelming distractions of fear and threat discrimination, a fancy word for like, how much danger am I in? What am I, are we punching each other in the face? Does this guy have a knife or a gun? What's his buddy's going to do? And all of that stuff changes, you know, the difference between the street and and the ring. It's, it's massive. That's one of the, one of my pet peeves and frustrations with the, the, the martial art world is, is just this assumption that uh, the, uh, your martial art is going to just manifest itself out in the real world. Cause there's so right. many things in, in the pre-fight element. Right. And, and uh, you know, if I said, cause to you, everything's talked taught at step. And I've heard you talk about this extensively in podcasts. Every, no one's talking about step one or, or maybe even step two situational awareness. And then the encounter, everyone's right. already at step three. It's fucking, it's on. Right. Yeah. We refer to that as timeline of violence is understanding. Yeah. It's kind of like this mental blueprint of violence and and uh that when you practice when you do your 10,000 reps of how to get out of a headlock right you're eliminating all the dissonance all the fear management all the verbal all the situational awareness because it's like hey Savon remember head on a swivel situational awareness okay uh, uh you know get me in a headlock I'll show you this counter and it jumps right to a physical move so what you're actually if, if you know the whole 10,000 hour theory or myth that you know Erickson uh, did the research. Malcolm Gladwell made it famous in his book. And then, uh, uh, Mac, uh, um, um, who's, who's that uh, rap singer made it really famous. Uh, Mako, whatever fuck his name is. I just forgot his name. Sorry. Um, I don't, I don't even know. I just know. I just heard it from Gladwell's book. Yeah. So, so it was based Why did on, you call it a myth? We'll come back to that. Because there's, there was some, because people start, just started talking about it as the 10,000 hour rule or, or it became a, it, it, it wasn't exactly what the original researcher Erickson uh, hypothesized about it. Okay. And it was taken from there. But I, I looked at it more globally and said, look, if you do anything 10,000 times, you're going to get fucking good at it. So it was this, how do I tame mastery? What did the Beatles do for 10,000 hours? What did this tennis player do for 10,000 hours, this skier? And uh, and so it was it was interesting because where how I use it, I go, if you do anything good, if you do anything for 10,000 reps or 10,000 hours or 10,000 days, if you're disciplined to do that, uh, you're going to get really good at it. And so we've got a couple of maxims in our, in our program. One of them, uh, highly misunderstood. Be careful what you practice. You might get really good at the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I like so, that. So people will hear that and they go, is he putting down jujitsu? Is he putting down Thai boxing? Is he putting down crop? And I go, no, you don't understand. Every time you do a dedicated, intelligent rep, you're training your neurons to fire signal speed, myelinization of the neuron. It's all brain science. So if I say to, if I, if you're a boxer and I walk up to you and I go, Hey man, I saw you staring at me from across the bar. The boxer's not ever going to think I should double leg this guy and then take his back. The boxer's thinking body shot uppercut. Yeah. If, if you're a jujitsu guy and I walk up to you and I go, Hey man, I saw you staring at me from across the bar. The jujitsu guy is never going to go. I should hit this guy with a fucking left, right. He's right. going to think I'm going to double leg the guy. And so we create a dopamine and a, uh, a, a neurological relationship, but I mean a dopamine relationship too, because we have, when you do jujitsu, you have fun. When you box, you have fun. You it's, you're gravitating towards. So you get this, this, this chemical relationship, right? To this is my favorite move. This is what I like to do. The danger when you talked about 
you started to say step one, step two, and I said timeline of violence, is there's probably more times where, you know, I'll insert this here, hopefully hopefully I'm not all over the place, but every victim of violence that I've ever interviewed and studied in in, in countless like uh, books I've, I've read on violence, stuff, every victim of violence who lived to tell the tale said they had a bad feeling. So the first pre-contact cue that there's something wrong is your second brain, your gut going, something's fucking off here. And if cognitive bias or cognitive dissonance or social conditioning or arrogance or you're drunk or blinders or fear prevent you from going, what's that feeling in my stomach? We call this the choose safety moment, like where, you know, not to be confused with playing it safe, but how do I choose safety? What is the safest thing I could do here? The safest thing I could do here might be to fucking run or hide or barricade or just leave. But if all of now, let's go back to Gladwell and Erickson and the 10,000 reps. What if all you know about self-defense is a lapel grab, a counter to a punch, how to get over a headlock, how to block a kick? In other words, most martial arts programs start with defending against the attack. So listen to this. If you've done 10,000 reps of, and I'll just use the headlock because everyone can visualize it. If you've done 10,000 reps of learning how to get out of a headlock, by default, oh you've done, shit, you've done 10,001 reps of letting somebody attack you. And then you kind of need to get in that position to start the game. You got to get in a weak position to start the game. Neurologically, your brain wow. doesn't understand the intercept. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about this as, as 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 something similar? If you're a shooter and, and all you do is practice shooting, but you never practice unsheathing the gun. So right. basically, you're a level ten shooter, but you're a level one unsheathing and, the gun, and you get shooters, killed in the gunfight because you can, don't fucking got your fucking gun out. Can all my my shooters listening to this know that Savon has no fucking clue? Unsheathing your gun. Yeah, unsheathing. Yeah unsheathing yeah. he's got a sheath wow. got, what do you what, what, what do you call unholstering unholster sorry i got my draw segment. your weapon get it out of the yeah. holster yeah yeah Play i mean and, and, <laughs> so, so right so 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 yeah. if you have a gun and you've never and you always just go to the range and you're always just shooting i i, I make that i make that um we have we have a, a, a gunfighting course called concealed carry combatives and the hypothesis of it is like you're not walking around with your gun in your hand when shit right. kicks off and you go flinch. So I didn't just invent that. You 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 had already thought of that. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no. I mean, a different concept. But the idea. But the idea is, um, yeah. Just you and I are the only one that have ever said we should practice drawing our gun. We're the only two people in the world that thought of that. But you're right. Your gun. Your gun is in its holster somewhere, concealed or on your hip or on your ankle or 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 in a pouch. And if you don't practice getting that out in a high stress situation, that's the complex motor skill that could end up fucking you. Or like in the movies you see, they have the, the fucking gun pointed at someone and clearly the person who is pointing the gun doesn't have the fucking chutzpah to fucking fire it and it gets taken from them. Well, I mean, this is, and this is that other big part that, that, that I wanted to uh, bring up in the eighties doing the scenarios. I noticed that we would create these scenarios and these well-trained people or people who'd gone through like a, we do these two day, we, we used to call them panic attack seminars. Um, and, ask uh, your mom. Ask your mom if I need practice. I'm drawing my weapon. <laughs> the um, uh, and I'd, uh, we would set up these scenarios, and we end up calling these seminars the panic attack seminars because because people would fucking freak out. They wouldn't do 
their wrestling or their boxing or their krav or their whatever they were these open seminars would come in almost like like a like a safer version of fight club there'd be equipment uh that, that we would use so you didn't you didn't get wrecked um but uh um the uh so what i started realizing is if people don't manage their fear they're not going to manage to fight didn't guarantee victory or defeat or didn't influence but if you if you can't manage your fear then you're not going to manage to fight at least at least to tap into uh the your potential i had that quote i had that quote in here from one of your other podcasts yeah, it's it's fascinating, but those are, those are you need. I tell people it, this is kind of like a like a CrossFit esque uh, influence. They're like our four phases to managing violence. One is we need to have functional situational awareness. If we have functional situational awareness, we know what to look for. As soon as you realize you're in danger, I don't care how trained you are, your physiology will change. So there will be a fear spike. We need to have self awareness to identify. Jesus, I just went from parasympathetic to sympathetic. Right. I'm like, what's going on? Because those are always the pre-contact cues. Should I like slip back into the crowd and kind of watch and scan? Or should I have my hand on my gun here? Or should I get an improvised weapon in my hand? Like what's going on? But while you're processing that, there's fear running through your body at a bio and there's psychological fear, but there's also the physiology fear. Your instincts will, will, will do a whole bunch of things at a physiological, at a biochemical level. But then the psychological fear is kind of like the, it's the wild card. It's the missing link, even at the highest level of, of training where the psychology of fear is your brain hijacking you. And I use that acronym, false expectations appearing real all the time. It's I've now created a movie in my mind about a future event that hasn't happened that's debilitating or mobilizing me in the present. Mm. And I'm the producer, I'm the director, and I've cast myself as the victim in a fucking movie in my mind where I'm getting my ass kicked. And so the four stages are I need functional situational awareness. I need to manage the fear spike. So it's fear. So we have fear spike, fear management, and then functional movement as the last as the last one. So that's the the shout out to CrossFit is it's got to be fun, a functional movement. And what is functional? It's going to be based on the scenario. Do you need to run here? Do you need to charge the threat? What is the safest thing that you can do here? And then when you this when you figure out what that plan is, you need to deploy it. That's the ignition for that is managing your fear. Fuck fear. Face it. Understand it. Control it. Know it. I mean, you have very nice hands. Thank you. The 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 the, the ability for you to separate your pinky from your ring finger is kind of phenomenal. It probably it almost looks it almost looks terrestrial, extraterrestrial. It's it's uh, it's probably <laughs> no one's ever said. I I realize now it's like that's the spear position, right? We push away danger and we our fingers splay. And the and when you when you when you hit that finger splay position, you're actually recruiting more of the extensor chain, so you have uh, more not like that, no wrists. I'm just playing with my fingers. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. <laughs> you make sure you got no wrists on that. So you're doing, you're kind of like, like this and you're probably, that's probably maybe genetic. That's how I run my business. Okay. My only fans. Israel Adesanya said he, he had uh, recently in an interview, that's the 185 pound champion in the UFC. He said, I, I, I want to go in the ring and show off. I'm my best when I'm showing off. And yeah. I guess in your language, that would be when he's, he's not in a fear state. He's not, he's not. He's not. He's not in a fear state, right? But he, but he said that before his last fight that a lot of people thought wasn't a very good performance, although he won. True. 
right? True. And so, hey, right. look, look at my sign. The lighting changed, right? Yeah, fuck fear. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you want to be careful. Words are icon. Words are icons, right? So we want to be careful with, uh, you know, like hitting that flow state and being in that flow state uh, is 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 cool. But we can get- You didn't like that? So are you saying you didn't like that, the, his description of that, that I like to be showing I, I don't. And this is just maybe I'm old school in my, yeah. my, my integrity. Um, I would, it, I, again, it might be semantics. Like, like I like when my wife comes to the seminar because I show off for her, right? right? I'm funnier. I'm more energy. I want, I want her to look at me and go, that's my man. I want to have sex that night. Right? Sure. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And, but I would never describe it as, as publicly. I wouldn't say I'm showing off. I'm, I would, I would, and maybe it's just old school and semantics, but I go, you know, like she brings we, the best out of me. We, we, <laughs> she, she, you too. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, like she's the muse, right? Yes. I, like, I do all this. I, I, I want her to go, wow. Like, wow, that was a really good post. Wow. You know, you, you look good today. I, you know, I don't want her to go, Hey, did, are you still watching what you're eating and working out? Oh my God. I guess not. If you're asking me. Right, um, right, right, right. And, and, but I would never, it's again, it's semantics. I would never say. Yeah. In, in traditional off. martial arts showing off is not good. You're supposed to be humble, right? It, it's it, sort of it's the school you're raised in. Yeah. But like, like it's him saying, I, I, I want to feel like an artist and my, 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 if I were like his manager, I go, Hey dude, don't say show off. Cause you know, it's not about being woke and saying the right thing. It's like, let, but let's be a little bit more metaphysical and esoteric here. And, and we want to hit that flow state. You're an artist and your opponent's face and ribs are your canvas and you want to paint on him. Right. I, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I like that. Cause showing off always has a, you know, the, what, what is the, uh, um, what's that biblical expression? The, uh, the, f- uh, uh, pride comes before the, the fall or, or I forget it. I don't, I don't read the Bible, but there's this idea of, of, of gloating and pride and, and being prideful and, and flaunting it. Um, anyways, I, I just wouldn't, I didn't like, I heard that little quote too. I, I, uh, it didn't turn me on. I wonder if, um, speaking of the Bible, I, I was wondering if, um, you know, like, uh, pride cometh before the fall. Oh, let, let me, let me ask you this. How are you on time? I feel like your wife's over there telling you you have to do something. You no, she came to say hi to you. Let me check. The oh. next meeting is, uh, um, the next meeting. It's 4th of July. You don't have any meetings. You're getting a handy and getting drunk it's today. July 5th, dude. Oh. oh, I'm, I'm good till, uh, for another 20 minutes. Okay, good. I only have three minutes. Okay. I'm a, oh shit. I really am I'm supposed to take the kids to the aquarium. Okay. Listen, listen to this one. There's this thing that Jewish parents and black parents tell their kids. And of course, I'm I'm hugely, uh, grossly uh, uh, stereotyping. I don't give a fuck. Don't ruin my story. <laughs> my parents will tell their kids the world's a really fucking hard place. People are going to be racist and prejudiced against you because you're black. And, and, they, and they tell their kids that when they're five. And the Jew parents tell their kids the same thing. Everyone fucking hates a Jew. The world's going to be a horrible place for you. And, and those two, those two, and I'm sure there's other people who get it too, right? I'm sure there's other ethnicities, races, religions that get that too. But I hear that from a ton of my Jew friends and a ton of my fucking melanated friends. And I just think, man, you are really fucking up. No one ever told me 
that, hey, man, you're going to struggle getting pussy because you're only going to be 5'5". Five, five. I had to find it out on my own. I'm so <laughs> I'm so much happier that I found it out on my own than someone had to paint that reality for me. No one told me, hey, Seven, when you're 16, your nose is going to grow in, and everyone who thought you were cute is now going to be making fun of you for having a big nose. I was so much – it was so much better for me not to be prepared for that. Of course, man. That's the fear loop, dude. Why, Why the you, fuck are you telling your kids something? Because it's, it's all, at the stuff. end of the day, it's all made up. Because if I'm the only guy on the planet or if everyone on the planet has bigger noses than me, then I'm the guy with the small nose. Right. And it's like it's just you're, you're feeding your kids this fucking narrative. Like, what's the difference between warning your kids about something and then as opposed to giving them a narrative that they have to carry with them the whole life as some sort of truth? And then, start, and then you start, and then but, the, but then you start looking for it. It's so yeah, yeah, yeah. You start looking for it exactly. So, so in in, I'll give you a self defense example. Everyone, when when we teach, let's say, uh, like weapon protection, I'll ask the group, how many of you have been told by your martial art instructor in a knife fight expect to get cut? Um, and every single one of them gets told that in a knife fight expect to get cut. Like I go, why? Why I've been in three knife confrontations. I've never been cut. I've cut myself with knives. I've cut myself fucking around. <laughs> I've cut myself and shaving. With, You've cut yourself right? with a hundred razors. Right. Um, but like I thought about that. I go, I don't, it's already scary enough. Why the fuck should I be more scared? Would you, this is great. Like, and I, I just like right out of our seminar and you'll appreciate this. I go, if I go, how many of you have kids? So like half the group has kids. If you take your kids to this, uh, like a swimming lesson and the swimming instructor, you're sitting on the bench and the swimming instructor says, I got it from here. He goes, listen, you're going to go swimming, expect to drown. But like, <laughs> you, you would immediately go, whoa, what did you just tell? That kid would be terrified of the water. Right? Same with that. You would never tell a surfer, expect to get bit by a shark. Right. We think that on our own. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. But, I don't need there, there's there's already the fear and the risk there. And this is this is why the, the whole no fear program is, is the most important shit we do, because it's a way to look at fear from when you get the first uh, physiological change. Also, the psychological change. What What is my body telling me? What do I need to understand here? What do I need to learn? That's the research. That's the fuck fear. But 100 percent, we we tell people uh, erroneous beliefs. And this is stuff we started teaching everyone in the in the 80s, Savon, our whole cycle of behavior, the neural circuitry of fear. This is the fear loop. What erroneous belief are you carrying into this confrontation? Is it that size doesn't matter? Well, size fucking does matter. That's another martial art myth. Size fucking matters. That's why there's weight classes, right? But uh, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, we, we regurgitate shit, and then that becomes self-fulfilling or or incredibly distracting because it's another voice in your head that doesn't need to be there. You're a good dude. You too, man. You've been on this podcast before. Do you, do you remember? Don't lie. Yeah. 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 No, I, I was when you first, oh, cause I don't forward. remember. I told my yeah, mom last night you yeah. were coming back on. She's like, he's been on before. I'm like, he has. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm 500 good. shows in. You're just you're just another right. two hours to me, Tony. I get it, and I noticed that you're all caps and I'm low case. <laughs> it's a little bit of a dominance little, I established. Uh, Christy, why I can't tell you how much it was a pleasure meeting you this weekend. By the way, you're awesome. Thanks for coming up and say hi to me. Um, I'm glad I got to hug you. You're a cool chick. Uh, thanks for coming on. 
Thank you, buddy. I feel like uh, I feel like we got into a flow state a couple times. I feel like my my gun was coming out of its sheath pretty smoothly a few times. <laughs> yeah, your gun condom. I uh, I had some other videos I wanted to show you. Um, uh, I wanted to show you this one of two two. Uh, I wanted to show you this one, uh, but I'll, I'll show it to you now, and then we can talk about it the next time you're on. Okay. But I'll only have you on again if a lot of people text me and be like, "Hey, have this guy on again." Okay. I'm just about the numbers, but th- this, have you seen this video yet? Oh no. It was just yesterday or something was released. It's uh, okay. there's audio, right? Yeah. You white lady. You white lady. I'm as angry as you are. Get out of my face. Because I'm done wrong. with this conversation. <laughs> you fucking colonizer. <laughs> he called her a colonizer. This is Portland. Hey, dude, if that's my mom or my sister or something, I'm telling him, okay, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. If that's your mom, we'll, we'll listen for 15 seconds more, and then I want you to give that lady some advice. I'm not taking any directions from a white lady. Everyone needs to hear how angry you are, but it's not about this. Everyone needs to hear how angry you are, but it's not about this, she said to him. While he's yelling at her, she's a white colonizer. It looks like he just got out of that car, right? Yeah. Do you know what's going on, what the context is? Uh, no, I no, I don't. I in my mind, I just tell the story that it's two people. They they had some sort of uh, argument while they were driving. They both got out of the car, and he's telling her, "You white lady, you don't feel the pain of my people." And she's like, she's trying, like she read out of some like woke book. Just be present, be loving, listen to them. But he's woke too, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. The whole thing—it's like two people with mental illness having it out in the street. But if that's my mom or my sister, if that lady has kids, she hates her kids. If right. you're a mom, never put yourself in that situation. What are you doing? You got to get home and take care of kids for another 30 years. Well, if they're right. like me, they're going to stay at home till they're 34. That shit's insane. I watched, I was in a, in a restaurant the other night with Jess sitting at a bar and a uh, woman sits down and uh, she turns over to me and she goes, and I go, Hey, what's up? She goes, uh, notice that the, uh, the bartender hasn't come over to take my order yet. It's because I'm a woman. Yeah, that kind of shit. Like, 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 and I look at her and I go, "I'm." He's over there talking to that table, taking her. I think it's because he's busy, not because you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, and she just like went on insane. And even if that was true, you have to ask yourself. And this isn't me. This I, I've taken this from from someone else. Who would you be without that thought? Would you be a better person without that thought? Hmm. But that's the critical thinking, which is like people yeah. are insane. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to transcend that. It's okay to have that thought. Let it go. You have a choice. It doesn't have to be your reality. You don't have to. That's victim mindset. It's victim mindset. Hey, and you have no control over it. Do you know how many guys did talk to you because you're a woman and you got a pussy? Right. How about that? Well, she hates men. Obviously. Hey, when you see when oh man, I gotta go to the aquarium. I can't go. do this. Okay, go take care of your kids. I love you, buddy. Thanks hey, for coming we on. One. We got we got one here. Have Tony on again. Is I know, cool? but she does. This chick doesn't count. This chick loves. This chick is so fucking cool. She oh, loves the man, show. She doesn't rough. count. Yeah, yeah. I just she doesn't count, and and she feels pressured because she's in the room with you right now to say something nice about you. She didn't count. So, but I, so one person wants to be on again. That's, I'd give that a point three. 
point. That's a third of a person. Okay. Thanks, though. Appreciate it. <laughs> I will talk to you uh, soon. Love you, buddy. Peace out. Take care. Love you.